Welcome gamers to another edition of the Basement Arcade Pause Menu Quarterly Show where we hit pause, sit back, chill, and talk about the games we played over the past three months, the big news items that happened, and breaking news everyone, it finally happened. Oh. After months and months of trial and error, blood, sweat, and tears, I finally beat Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And it only took me over six months to do it. Da, 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 da. Just uh, the saxophone enters out of nowhere, like the, from the from the big trailer. And of course, I am joined, as always, by my bros from the Fake Nerd Podcast, Ryan Eliopoulos. Yo, what's up? It's Mr. Video Games. And of course, Sparks Witty. Uh, hey, I'm also here. I sometimes play video games. <laughs> sometimes play video games. You play? We played. Actually, yeah, it's been. I want to say this last quarter has been. Uh, we have, haven't played a whole lot of Fortnite this time. No. Yeah, I I have alone, but that's because um, I'm a lonely individual who loves playing video games by himself. But that's but it's mostly just me. Oh, I need to make sure I get this skin and this skin and this skin. And I got them, so I don't need to play until you guys play. So, yeah, and when I was playing, I was like, oh, hey, look, Optimus Prime. I should totally get I should totally try to play to get that skin. And then life decided to intervene. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, when does the Fortnite season end? Oh, it ends next week. Yeah. And I'm at level 13. I'm halfway there. I'm at 50. Again, I got I got I got Ahsoka. You know, if Optimus Prime was like a V-Bucks affordable, I'd probably get it. But there's also like Nightmare Before Christmas. We're going to talk about Fortnite later. We'll talk about Fortnite later. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. We are. We are. So uh, as usual, what we do or if I remember correctly, because every time we do a quarterly, it's like it's only been three months. How has been always forget how these shows how these shows work. well this one's uh, this one's late we are later than usual yeah, on this one. yeah we've we been are doing we've been doing a lot specifically on basement arcade so oh yeah so it's, our it's, focus it's, has been elsewhere so it's not like we haven't done video game stuff it's true no it's true i i mean if you look at the basement arcade uh playlist you'll see that there's a whole bunch of spooky games up there i've been playing through all of dead space also, we got um, Alan Wake, Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, we've also been doing some spooky multiplayer games. At the time of this recording, Evil Dead, the game, just popped up on there. That was Choo Choo Charles. And, oh, yeah, Choo Choo Charles. How could I forget about that devil spider, spider train? Ugh. It's the best train. The only train you need. Screw you, Thomas. No, Thomas is better. I like Thomas the Tank Agent. Thomas doesn't try to murder you. Yeah, but he doesn't have, like, eight spooky legs. That's what makes it worse. Yeah, I guess. Sure, okay. <laughs> but first things first, we're going to talk about some big news items before we get into all the video games we played. And besides me finally playing or finally beating Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Microsoft... Um, we're just going to dive right into it, gentlemen. Microsoft Division Blizzard. After almost two years of legal battles, both here in the United States and in the UK, mm -hmm. it finally happened. The deal was approved by both governments. Xbox or Microsoft are now owners of Division Blizzard. $69 billion later. Nice. And you know what, Ben? Nice. Thank, you. Thank you for saying 69, because the cowards and other stations aren't reporting that it's 69. They're rounding down. 69 is the number, you should say. I mean, it's technically it's 68 point something billion dollars. That, no, like, it's the, not. It's 69. It's, it's yeah, it's 69 billion. <laughs> That's 69. Nice. But still, this is quite possibly the biggest video game merger 
ever. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the most expensive one that came. That's um, the, the definitely the most expensive one that's come to light. Because, I mean, video game mergers has happened before. Sony has gotten a bunch of studios. Microsoft sold off some of, stu- some of their studios. It happens, not it um, happens Square. a lot. It happens more often mm-hmm. than we talk about it. But it's mostly with smaller studios. Like, yeah, like PlayStation loves to like all, all, all three companies, honestly, love to gobble up the smaller studios. So they have, you know, in-house games Indies. that they're ready yeah. to go. Yeah. Um, but this yeah. is yeah, this is a, this is a big one. I mean, of course, there's the famous EA kiss of death that whenever EA acquires a new studio, it's it's like they're going to shut down almost we, instantly. We are thankfully, well, not thankfully, because studios are getting shut down like left and right. So it's, it's like the worst time to be in the game industry. But we are luckily out of the AI being like the worst company ever, because like now they're like they're doing good stuff. Like the the era of them putting out a Call of Duty, a, a, a Guitar Hero and Assassin, like the, the annualization of games and ruining them is thankfully over. Uh, uh, we just had a new Assassin's Creed come out the first in two years, and that's like a return to form, which a lot of people seem to like and a lot of people don't like. But like that was them taking a step back and looking. So like mm-hmm. we're thankfully out of the really er- bad era of like the 2010s. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's nice. But for, but the focus of right now is about EA or not EA. <laughs> uh, you say their name, they're stuck in your brain. It's about Microsoft Activision Blizzard. Um, I have an article pulled up on my phone from Polygon about everything that happened with Microsoft's acquisition, like from the very beginning, essentially straight up to um, the UK and the United States Mm -hmm. governments, essentially saying that we will allow this merger to happen because a lot of times because Sony was throwing a bit of a hissy fit saying that it's going to be uncompetitive, that their players aren't going to be able to experience Call of Duty because... There's all this stuff because with Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard, Activision Blizzard is a huge. They have a whole bunch of studios on their own already, oh, yeah. both for them on the mobile fronts. Toys for Bob because that um, that developer was or that studio was the one that made the the amazing Spyro and Crash Bandicoot mm-hmm. um, remasters. You have, um, I mean, of course, you have the infamous Candy Crush uh, King developers or who made the Candy Crush games for their phones. Yo, hey, man, like 50-year-old people all over the world scream for that game. People yeah, love Candy that, Crush. That, that they do. But before we, like, really, really get into the nitty-gritty, what are your thoughts? I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this deal finally going through. Do you think this is going to be good for these um, video games, these franchises down the line, or is it still just too early to tell? Like, what is your speculation? Well, Because I have some thoughts on this. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, any the monopolization of any of any uh, industry is not good. You know, we're mm-hmm. seeing it in the movie industry all the time. Games, it is slowly becoming the, more of that. Um, I'm not going to be playing devil's advocate because, again, like a seventy billion dollar deal to acquire one of the like the, the two biggest studios ever to be under just one studio, like that's never a good thing. Uh, but in terms of Xbox itself being the ones to own Activision Blizzard, this is a good thing because the. The workplace uh, uh, nature of Blizzard and Activision, the like, has, past couple years has been horrible. They've gone through so many legal mumbo jumbos, whether it be sexual harassment or uh, uh, treating your employees wrong. Bobby Kotick is one of the worst people alive. You can look at any statement he's ever made in the last couple years. He's a terrible person. Luckily, uh, he will be he will be leaving after the next year. He's still on board for now, uh, right. but he'll be leaving with a sweet severance package of millions of dollars, probably. Right. Um, yeah. But in terms just, of just yeah. 
Sorry, just to put a pin on that really quick, because I heard the story, thanks to our um, Friends of the Podcast Gamers Week. Apparently, Bobby Kotick had this big um, Activision Blizzard, like, Zoom call, or it was a Zoom call or something that all the employees, I don't know. It was, like, this big thing, and he hired James Corden to host it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why James Corden? That's, that's... That's all the answer you need, bro, is that Bobby Cotter's like, you know who I want to talk to about this stuff? James Corden. That's all you need to know about the man. Um, yeah, that was also a really enlightening view of just like, man, this guy's inc- incredibly out of touch uh, uh, with, with the industry and just being someone in video games. Um, uh, but uh, do you have anything to say before I go into it further? Um, I think that there's advantages, certainly, from um, Xbox, you know, the care and uh, resource power that they put behind their games. But I think when it's in conversation with um, things like the purchase of uh, the name is escaping me, but the Doom Studio. Oh, that's that's oh, that's um, software. Yeah. Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda. Bethesda. Uh, when it's in conversation with Xbox acquiring all uh, that that amount of big name properties, um, uh, I think it's inevitable that down the line, this is going to be a this is going to be something that's going to bite all of us in the ass. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Game Pass is a model that is working great. I, it's wonderful right now um, as the company's willing to, to take it at a loss to itself. They, yeah, um, only because it's Microsoft and they make more money right. than they could ever spend. So, right. like, good on mm-hmm. them for, like, Game Pass is the best thing in video games. But the, more, but the more that they're able to control such a large library of the video game market, the, the sooner they'll be able to, like, slow down that faucet and say, all right, but now how much are you willing to pay for it? Now, how much are you willing to pay for it if we don't make it physical? I mean, or if look you at can Netflix. only get it here. Look at Netflix. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Once they, once they, once they can privatize the access to so much of the games that they know people want, uh, then they'll be able to just like turn that into a cash cow that they can just. So I mean, it's, we're not, already, it's not great. To going off that, I mean, Starfield is the first uh, exclusive game that they've made for, and it's only on Xbox. Right. Like you can't play mm-hmm. it on PlayStation. So um, that is that is that was already in effect for a long time. But like um, the thing about Xbox. Uh, owning all the studios is like Xbox is in a really bad state with its first party games. Xbox does. Oh, yeah. Xbox is not like PlayStation. Xbox does not have a single really good first party. Like Halo launched horribly. We are years past in Halo and it's, it's getting really good updates now, but people have turned on Halo significantly. Like no matter how much goodwill they can put into it now, people are kind of done with Halo. Redfall uh-huh. was the really big exclusive, the only big <sighs> yeah. exclusive to come out this year. That game is not good, you guys. I tried it. Guess what? Game Pass. It's not good. Well, and, got- then, and then Starfield, as you mentioned. Yeah. Starfield, even Starfield isn't turning the conversation the way that I think everybody thought it would. That's, yeah, that is that is a Bethesda problem that Xbox in, incorporated, which, and I will talk about Starfield later, because I also, because I play way yeah. too many games. Um, um, I mean, I do want to talk about Starfield for a very hot second. I will say right off the bat that I am glad that I was wrong, because I was hoping, because when we were talking about Starfield and, um, you know, Bethesda's Bethesda, because I remember the last quarterly, Ryan, you and I got into it a little bit and how I was saying that hopefully Starfield doesn't crap out because of all, you know, Bethesda's known for bugs. It's known for games like we remember the whole um, Bethesda. Uh, what was that? Pro- what was that project that they had where a bunch of essentially they're letting modders finish their games for them? Oh, that's and every, that's every Bethesda game. But that's just because. Yeah. And we can talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, uh, Starfield is like the most Bethesda-ass game ever made, and that's a good thing and a bad thing because people who love those types of games got a really good game. Like, 
but like I like like just objectively looking at it, Starfield is a good game. But if you're looking to evolve the medium forward, uh, it still feels like a game they've been making for 25 years. It doesn't feel yeah. like a huge next step. And like after they put out mm-hmm. Fallout 4 seven years ago, right. people had the exact same conversation. I was there. It's the exact same <clears> conversation. <throat> this is not a bigger step that we need for me to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. I need to buy a new console for this. Like Starfield like feels like an old game and, just and, in space. And when it's sitting in a in a past two years of, of games that feel like they're pushing oh my God, in all bro. kinds of different directions, whether it's Spider-Man 2, whether it's uh, Baldur's Tears Gate, King, Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate or, or just Elden RPG Ring, to RPG or Elden Ring. Yeah. All yeah. of these things are pushing in different ways uh video games forward and starfield kind of felt like resting on a a really pretty way of keeping things where they were yeah and it's it's there's a great sorry real quick there's a great interview i believe it's on ign with like the uh like the main writer of starfield and somebody asked him hey have you played Baldur's gate and he's like yeah i love Baldur's gate like i wish i could do some of the things in in starfield like that we just we weren't allowed to do we cannot do there's something that he talked about that i really love he's like there's something that bethesda that we we can't do that other games can do if there's like a one percent piece of content that only one percent of people are going to see then like that's special right that is something like really unique bethesda can't do that because they need to make sure everything is available to everyone at all the time when you play one of their open world games like there's not a lot of there's secrets to find but it's not like you have to spend hours to find it everything is readily available for you to find they don't want you to miss out on anything whereas something special like Baldur's gate there's a one percent chance that 99 percent of people will miss this one incredible little thing because there's so much effort went into it right and that's what that game yeah. is special is you don't market to everyone it's it's the four quadrant thing um and it's just like yeah. it's the first time for me where, where i've rubbed up against a bethesda game and i love bethesda right. like you know i still play skyrim 13 years later right to to your point on that like Baldur's gates advantage is that while there is that one percent of that finding that special thing everybody's experience is special by the definition of those percentage breakdowns absolutely so everybody's getting their own unique you know experience that is more fun to talk about with others yes. and share and yeah. builds community more than something like starfield is doing absolutely to add to that point even further with a different game tears of the kingdom like ryan you you and i were talking tears of the kingdom a while ago and i was and you were talking about how you found all the dragon's tears There's just straight room? up <laughs> yes i don't need, you I didn't missed, need it you missed i mean yeah you didn't need it but still you missed the map room and i found it yeah and and that's the thing that while nintendo said hey there's stuff there go if you find it cool if you don't find it well Oh, well, yeah. In, uh, in that interview uh, with the with the writer of Starfield, his thing was like, you can join every faction in our game, whether you're a bad guy, a good guy, a media like a neutral guy. You can join all of them because we want you to have the freedom to be whatever you want. And as a role player, that doesn't make sense because you cannot be a yeah. murderer and be the he- like that's, you know, if you're a role player, that doesn't make sense. Baldur's Gate, you make a choice. You have to live with that choice. And, and they cut you off. Like I, my first playthrough was evil and I got cut off from a lot of the content because I made that choice and they reward you by giving you more evil stuff to do. Mm. Like it's just like mm. it's just different. Work, work like I'm really I, excited about the next Bethesda game because I think this is the one where they're like okay we need to maybe change something from the last 25 years of what we've done yeah I think that's also what kind of threw me or did where because I did play Skyrim I tried Skyrim but I didn't really get into Skyrim all that much um I think I only played like maybe like 10 or so hours of it but I that's was enough not, to know if you like it or not yeah I, I'm i not the biggest I don't I was like eh, yeah we not did, really we for me because I we did that last time talking about yeah your, yeah yeah we do uh bring it back to do. the Activision and Blizzard thing yeah yeah bring it back your 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 angle on the on what how good was it to do this right now and all that stuff um for Blizzard specifically um 
I really uh, Activision too, but Blizzard's the more problematic of of the two. Um, I wish that their house had gotten in order before they went behind the Microsoft wall. Yeah. Because um, just because they're being bought by Microsoft doesn't mean all the problems that are go- all go- behind the scenes and who's who the people are there that's that work culture is going to get fixed. Um, in fact, the worst thing is that it means it's actually getting an extra layer of protection and like shielding away from the public now. Um, Microsoft mm-hmm. kind of gets to because of, again massive resources gets to put kind of a wall up and say like well the obvious factors that you already knew about we'll be very honest about how we're cleaning that up and everything but the things you maybe haven't heard too much about or we've have like pittered away uh yeah whoop you're not gonna hear about that anymore um we're not gonna let that and that's that's also i think unfortunate at a time when like people in blizzard are trying to unionize all this other kind of stuff and like we're probably gonna hear less about them engaging with the public directly about it because of going behind that microsoft wall which is a that's a bummer. The thing, and this is not me pushing back on you on that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Spencer, who is the the president of of Xbox, he is, in my opinion, he is of the three like like leaders of the companies. He is the he is the most honest, open, and forward. He after Redfall bombed and was horrible. He he talked to everyone how it was his fault, and he's like, we should have been paying more attention. We gave them leeway to make the game that they wanted, but we weren't checking in enough, and that's a that's a mistake that I like. He's so open and honest, and he was very honest about Activision Blizzard saying. They have a lot of problems, and I I am going to try to help fix them. Without, like what Spark says is hundred percent true. There's no way it's going to smooth over everything. But I do believe having someone at the top who does care will trickle down more than a Bobby Kotick who will hide and like pay people off and like and like threaten to kill his secretary. Like he's an insane. It's a fundamental change in management will help, right. but it, it won't it won't cover everything. But like I feel I feel happier about Blizzard being owned by another company. To be honest, yeah, it's, uh, like okay. that trickle down like manager stuff like like it help it helps a little bit. no it's true it's yeah. phil spencer's really good at that stuff just real quick ben um mm-hmm. and i think that my only concern is is public engagement especially for like we've we've talked about it on other places in our channel lately um in terms of animation and video game um, and visual effects workers, all who are are facing like big attempts to unionize over the next couple of years mm-hmm. um uh, I'm, I'm nervous for them that the public engagement for that and the public support is going to go down because they're not going to be able to talk about it the same way that they were uh, when they were able to kind of go loose lips on Blizzard yeah, at the yeah, end yeah. there. Um, I, I do think, like, this is less of a Phil Spencer thing, and that's more of a Microsoft thing. Oh, no, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more of a really big company doesn't want unionization being talked about. It. Like, that that's going to happen, and, and that, that does bum me out because you get, like, you get a whole other layer of a workforce that's trying to say, hey, we don't want you engaging with the public ramping up like talk about you absolutely that's that's an incredibly good point yeah yeah um my whole before we like into the nitty-gritty of the of the deal my essential thoughts um they're both good and bad because i 100 percent agree with sparks that when someone at the very tippy top actually does essentially give a shit and they're like hey we acknowledge the problems we're gonna try our (laughs) when ryan says it's god damn it it's okay but once when someone's when someone gives a shit at the top, and yeah, hopefully it does trickle down and things do work out, and things at Activision Blizzard, specifically Blizzard, do get a little bit better, and hopefully that improves the games because we all know the giant controversies and the giant scandals with Overwatch Two and Diablo Four at the moment. Yeah, it's just there. I mean, people are playing them, but at the same time, those models, those games aren't what they used to be, and people are upset about it. I'll, oh, t- yeah. I'll tell you, the Overwatch Two 
um, because I was talking with a friend who I won't name, whose father works in Blizzard, and the internal morale, if you weren't part of the team, and you had just, like, been a, you know, you're a person who works at a different part of Blizzard, but you're, you were excited and you were supportive and, like, Overwatch is one of those things you champion, the morale around the Overwatch 2 news has really taken a blow to the staff. I believe it. Uh, in Blizzard, uh-huh. who has been, like, championing, like, yeah, Overwatch 2 is going to be a great thing. It's kind of, like, going to be our next big, like, people were like, this is, like, a, the next big thing that Blizzard's going to have. Like, this is going to change uh, people's minds about what Blizzard's able to do on quality and all that. Um, and, and that's because, like, internally, that's what they're being told. Uh, and then... And, and Diablo yeah. 4 um, is one of the highest-reviewed games of the year. It is an incredible game. That being said, it is riddled with the shitty battle pass microtransactions that, that every other that every game has, um, and that sucks because like, not to give Overwatch two credit, but that is at least a free to play game. Like you don't like, it is not a seventy dollar game. You still have to spend money on that shit, right? Like it is it is right. it is a quote unquote better model for that, even though it's still twenty bucks for skins is like unreasonable. Yeah. Uh, I actually played mm-hmm. Overwatch two yesterday because they have a great Halloween mode where uh, yes, Diablo Diablo four <laughs> it has a crossover. Uh, oh. So like so like you're playing as Diablo characters in the skins of Overwatch and oh. that's it's really awesome it's really cool um, uh, uh, but again like uh, that's only for like uh, uh, two weeks so it's like I'm not gonna like the game's not not safe yeah. because of a Halloween event man Overwatch yeah. Overwatch's yeah. Halloween event used to be like a month and a week. Uh, like it started at the mm-hmm. end of September. Um, that shit was great. Yeah, there's a cool like horde mode where you fight like you know like yeah. zombie versions of like Junkenstein's you know, revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, ju- yeah. <laughs> Overwatch two. Oh, Overwatch. Yeah. I miss. I miss it. Now, now that being said, my concern and essentially my, um, I don't I don't want to like yuck anyone's yum because I do I do agree with you guys about how awesome Game Pass is. Like Game Pass as a whole, the service itself is awesome. I cannot, I, bet, I cannot stress to you yeah, no. how you, can, how, no, how you, not, you it's, constantly, it's so good. You constantly tell me how amazing Game Pass is. Bro, four hundred games for ten dollars, like that's ben, it's exactly. a literal steal. If Ben, if ben had a but, Xbox, but his let me, life would change. It would, yeah, life would change. But, but though the lack of first party games, I mean, I when I say Xbox doesn't have any games, obviously they do. But I'm talking like. Xbox isn't in the conversation in today's day and age. No. For the past, I feel, the past six months, minus Starfield, it's been nothing but Nintendo games and Sony games and PC games. I mean, no, Baldur's Gate 3 came out on the PS5, but it was mostly a PC game. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's been talking about Spider... I mean, recently Spider-Man 2, because that just came out last week, Super Mario Wonder, mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate. Starfield had its limelight for about maybe two weeks, but then the second Baldur's Gate 3 came on the scene, nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely the only, nothing. The only great Xbox game to come out this year came out in January, and it's Hi-Fi Rush. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah, that exactly. is a game of the year contender, not not yeah. with Baldur's Gate Spider Man, but that is an incredible game that I'm happy got a lot of attention. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, but but okay, Hi Fi Rush. I still need to play that game. I have we have to do a let's play of that because that one I want to play. That looks amazing. It'll happen. But all those for all. But here's the thing: this is the same thing that Xbox or that Microsoft has been doing ever since they've been they've been acquiring all these high end studios is that they get all these high-end studios. People are excited because it's like, hey, with Microsoft's literally unlimited resources, they could put out so many first-party titles and they could possibly overtake Sony and even Nintendo, but they haven't. It, I don't know. I the mean, 360 I, era is when they they won. They won that 360 yeah. era. They had, you know, Halo, Gears, uh, that like mm-hmm. the 360 was the primary console. And then 
uh, yeah, man, just over time, like, they lost Halo, they lost Gears. Well, and like, I, think, I think part of it is also that there's a... <clears throat> excuse me. There's a pivot towards um, integrated accessibility. Yeah. Like, right. uh, Xbox is not... Xbox isn't seeking exclusive uh, games of the future. They just they they just want to grab all the gamers. Like it, it's not about exclusivity, um, and I think with that not being a forefront priority, uh, that's one of the reasons you know Xbox exclusive games are not necessarily being uh, devoted a ton of time and attention. Which is to. why, again, like Phil Spencer said this, this is why they acquired Blizzard Activision, right? Because they don't have the heavy. They don't have Halo anymore. Halo was the biggest <laughs> game franchise in the world, and now nobody cares about it. There hasn't been a Gears game in like five years. There's a new one coming out. It's being worked on, but it's been five years. Like people don't care about Gears anymore. Like the the Xbox, like uh, 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 like all the big games, like they're just non-existent. Uh, so you I, need you need a unfortunately you need a big a- acquisition yeah. uh, uh, to, to to counter it. I mean, we know there's a new Fable coming out yeah. eventually. Oh, who knows yeah. when that's when whenever that comes out? Who knows? But. Uh, the only other Xbox, like first party Xbox title that people do really like was the latest. I think it came out this year or maybe at the end of last year. I can't remember, but it was the new Forza game. Oh, and yeah. I've heard good things. Yeah. So but once again, it's, a, it's a racing sim. It's like the same with Sony. Whenever a new Gran Turismo comes out, everyone, people get excited because, you know, Gran Turismo is pretty. It is a driving simulator and it's a, it does its job well. I mean, obviously, because there was a movie about it, about a guy who was a racing simulator driver and who races cars as his job. I, and I watched awesome. Ben. I watched that trailer so many times. I dream about that trailer and I will never watch that. <laughs> I will never watch that movie. Um, that's a great point. But actually racing racing games uh, are like are like the bread and butter of like new high end consoles. So like uh, they sell really well, both Forza and, and uh, Gran Turismo on both respective consoles sell a lot of copies. That's just we're oh, yeah. not really big racing game people. I mean, I I like I'm more of a kart guy because when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, I love racing games. But that was because I played Mario Kart and Crash Bandicoot, yeah. See, uh, sure. Crash Team Racing my, all the time. I my, love those games. The the greatest uh, racing game I ever played. And it's a lot of people's favorite is Bur- the Burnout series because that's like you crash. Burnout 3 Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's all about because it's not just a racing game. It's a puzzle game. Like, how do I cause so much destruction? Um, yes. And in every once in a while, they'll bring a new Burnout game. But like. There hasn't been a truly great burnout game in a really long time. That's an easy one st- to bring back. Did you guys ever I th- give Mod Nation Racers a chance? No, that's PlayStation One, right? Uh, PlayStation Three, I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the the reason Mod Nation Racers was great was because you could build the courses and uh, you could have other people's like codes and accesses, so people built like insane courses. Speaking of like that. that. Uh, uh, We've talked about it way in the past, but there's a Hot Wheels game that came out that is oh, apparently yeah, yeah. incredible, oh, and you yeah. can build is the craziest tracks you want. Coming like, out with a sequel already. Oh, that's true, yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I'll, you know what? I'll check the game out one day, probably. No, game no, a licensed game like Hot Wheels here, because, you know, when you see a Hot Wheels game or you see anything that's licensed, your your first instinct is probably like, eh, it's probably not going to be that good. Yeah. But when it does turn out to be quality and it's great, like building, making a track for, I mean, you would think that should be a uh, um, obvious thing is like, hey, if you're playing with Hot Wheels cars, you should be able to build a racetrack. And the fact that you can, and the fact that it's good, it's like, yo, Dude, the second, Hot Wheels. The second Mario Maker does like a Mario Kart Maker, it's over. Oh, oh no, we're screwed. Like <laughs> uh, that's when I get back because I love you know whether it's like survival game or crafting game, I love making things in games. So if you let me make a Mario Kart track, I will never stop playing your game <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Oh, if I mean if Mario Kart Nine should that come out? In 2030. Uh, for, 
when Nintendo comes out with their brand new console, when they finally do renounce Mario Kart 9, if they allow a track editor and they put enough care into it as they do with Mario Maker, oh, we're screwed. Oh, man, get like, ready. That, uh, that get, I'm pretty sure that's just, that Nintendo system is going to beat the Switch and it's probably going to beat the PS2 in sales. Switch 2 is coming out next year. Oh, my heart. It's finally happening. We're going to get in, the, in a real HD console, dude. They said it's going to yeah. have ray tracing, and that is high-definition shit. Oh my god! Imagine Mario in, in like in like 1080p. I mean, oh my god! I mean, I'm playing Miles Morales on my PS5, and I went to the performance. I made sure I have a performance ray tracing on, and as I'm swinging through New York City, bro, it's like, like it looks so good. Yeah, and Spider-Man 2 is even I, crazier. As as I'm playing it, because I've been, uh, you guys know, I've been playing Tears of the Kingdoms ever since I got it back in March, and it has been like finally playing Miles Morales with the ray tracing on. It's just like. This game is beautiful. It's like you yeah. put glasses on for the first time. <laughs> Pretty much. It's like when I get a brand new pair of glasses and everything is just even more crystal clear <laughs> I picture, HD. I picture it more like a flash bomb with this. Ah! It's all really bright. Yeah. It's like, what is this? Because, <laughs> uh, like, yeah, like I love Zelda. That game's 30 frames per second. And like it, it, it runs great. It looks great. Uh, but like when you go from 30 to 60, it's just so noticeable. It's just even it's when- so noticeable. Even when I was playing Sonic Frontiers early in the year and I switched because I was playing, I was like, how come this game doesn't look good on? Because I'm watching video tutorials to try and beat this stage that was a little difficult for me. Yeah. And I'm like, how come my game doesn't look as good as the as the YouTube video? And then I went into it and I switched the performance up and I was like, oh, that's why. I'm so thankful. Like, I love people who want their games to look better, but perform like, yo, man, I want it to run good because that also makes it look better. Right. No, the second I switched it over, I was like running around, just like running around the island, just enjoying the 60 frames per second glory that was. Because Sonic Frontiers has actually done a lot of really good stuff. They've got a lot of free updates. They've got they've added a whole lot more content. It's like Sonic Frontiers, you I'm going to get to it. I'm going to yeah. play it before the end of this year. Bringing it back to the news. Yeah. Um, do we yeah, have anything sorry. else we want to talk about on the acquisition uh, Activision Blizzard front? Uh, well, apparently Sony also signed a deal with Microsoft about Call of duties so they start so they stopped their little hissy fit yeah yeah um uh, according to this polygon article i have sony science call of duty agreement um on of the key that will keep call of duty available for playstation for 10 years after the acquisition mm-hmm. sony's jim ryan had been holding out hoping he could help regulators block the deal outright but it seems he now expects the merger to close following microsoft's defeat jim ryan is now not court. doesn't work at playstation anymore <laughs> not anymore yeah it's unfortunate because yeah, it, it was probably the right tactic, to yeah. be honest with you, is hold out and hope that, like, because that was one of the big bargaining chips that the regulators were weighing. They were saying, like, if Call of Duty goes exclusive, that is financial damage to accessibility competitiveness in the video game market. Yeah. So if Call of Duty becomes exclusive, it's like, no, you're really pulling a little too much away. Yeah. Uh, it's also, like... The, the 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 idea that a Call of Duty can launch on Game Pass is like truly one of the most insane things like uh, you could possibly think of because that is like the biggest like whether you like whether they're good or not those games still are like the highest selling games every year people like yeah. people buy two games I, a year it's Madden and Call of Duty right those are those people like there's a whole section of America who just buys those games every year and there's nothing wrong with yeah. that right like I used to be like no, those no. people uh, but like Call of Duty like launching on Game Pass like I could see that banner at like an Xbox press conference and like the world losing their minds because like that mm-hmm. that will get millions of game pass subscribers i'm not joking that will get millions of more people to play uh if you don't have yeah. to buy call of duty every year um and that's just like that's wild that's it's crazy that that is pretty wild um 
mo- I mean, I don't like Call of Duty. Okay. I, like, I used to like Call of Duty. Yeah. I've fallen pretty hard off the Call of Duty train. Same. I haven't p- played a new Madden in years, just mostly because I look at sports games nowadays, especially like the more realistic sports games like Madden, uh, NBA, and I'm just like, I'm kind of turned off by it. I miss the old arcade type games. You know, yeah, NBA I don't know. Streets. We're, yeah, NBA Street, NFL right. Blitz. My yeah. big thing uh, in sports games lately has been the past few years has been the increasing amount of use of college players, but without compensating them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, they college did, players did, always get that that raw into the deal. Yes. Like the video games have been taking advantage of that. It's true. Well, actually, there hasn't been a college game since 2014, and they're making a new one now because the NCAA finally, did finally, yeah. yeah, they finally signed an agreement, so they will give college players compensation for oh, it, yeah, which has been a big thing that they haven't done for years because you know the NCAA this is, uh, and this is a I was gonna say this has been more prominent as a problem the past few years in basketball games. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely because your Final Four, those game, those are always big money makers. But also, racism. I'm, oh yeah, yeah, that too. Um, Oh man, I had a thought. I had a thought about something, and I completely lost it. You Darn said they it. signed the deal with the end so that they uh, was, college players oh. compensate. That's where you were. No, I, I remembered it. it was just it was just going to be a joke because um, you know how Taylor Swift is dating Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, and all these new f- people are watching the Kansas City Chiefs games because it, someone made a mock up called Madden Twenty Four Taylor's version, oh, and yeah. they put Taylor Swift in her boy, in her jersey. Boy. boy. <laughs> You know, it's really true because, like, my wife knows how football works now. <laughs> All it took was Taylor. All it takes is Taylor. Taylor, football <laughs> version. I, hey, I am just happy that more people are. I mean, look, and the NFL is like a giant dominant force in the United States already. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to be mad that more people are wanting to watch football. It's fun. I like it when people come into a thing that they didn't really care. They didn't really care about. I just find it. I mean, there are some people online who are like angry about it. It's like, oh, the Swifties is like, just let people enjoy things, man. Shut up. But going back to the Microsoft um, merger with Activision Blizzard, I hope that I mean, I've never been the biggest Xbox guy. I mean, like Ryan said, I don't care about Halo anymore. Gears of War when I we had Gears of War one and two on the 360. Hours went into those games. They were fantastic games. But I noticed a lot of the games I wanted to play on my Xbox 360 were also available for the PS3. And then when, of course, PS4 and PS5 come out, the the PlayStation had the games I wanted to play. I look over to Xbox. Really, the only like truly Xbox exclusive games I would like to try out. Maybe Sea of Thieves, because I've heard really good things about that. Ryan, I know you played it. It's really good. I I play a lot Um, now. I'm a pirate, baby. I mean, of course, um, hi- um, Hi-Fi Rush, that game looks amazing. Um, I mean, so far it hasn't made the jump to other consoles, which, okay, but at the same time, it's like, it's good. Xbox has a game that I would want to play, but there's not enough there, though. And I know that if I had Game Pass, Game Pass is just like the biggest thing ever, and Xbox is doing it right. Sony and Nintendo could really take a page from Microsoft's book on the Game Pass model, That's, and they would. I would give them all the they, money. I, I I agree, but, like, it's not a model they want to do. Like, PlayStation is, like, we are about exclusive games. We want you to buy a PlayStation so you buy The Last of Us. And then Nintendo's the same mm-hmm. way. Xbox is trying to do something a little different. And it's working for the most part. Um, I'm, I have my Xbox Game Pass screen up, and every single one of these games that came out on uh, on 
on other consoles. Uh, you can play day one on uh, Game Pass, except for Starfield. But Starfield, City Skylines, Forza Motorsports, yeah, pa- Paw Patrol, Cocoon, Payday, Lies of P, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Yeah, yeah. If, if you had an Xbox, Ben... And yeah, okay. So the exclusive things would turn you turn you away a bit, but you could be playing three hundred and ninety other games. If you are paying for Game Pass, you could be playing Exo Primal and Lies of P right now. Uh, good, just like that. Yeah, uh, I yeah, could. It's, it's I incredible. really could. Or I could go back to Halo Reach because that's one of my favorite Halo games the, of all time. Buddy. The Master Chief Collection, you know, which yeah. again, one of those games again that launched in a horrible state is now like the most incredible. Like, hey, do you want to play any Halo and it looks old or it looks new and it has all the maps and it has every skin available? Like, it's like a perfect little Halo uh, uh, museum. Yes. Uh, and now again, mm-hmm. Halo Infinite. Like again, I, that's a game I am now playing again. Uh, that game plays great. It just it took it took a long time to get there, and I that's the unfortunate state of the industry is like. Most games like release yep. broken, and that's that's just an entirely other problem that the industry will never probably fix because games take six years to make and three hundred zillion dollars, and you know. Yeah, and I I'm just I want to go into this whole deal, this whole merger, with very cautious mm-hmm. optimism, um, because I Activision Blizzard because Activision by themselves they own a whole lot of studios and then they do a whole lot of crappy things like Toys for Bob the team that after they made Crash Bandicoot 4 it's about time amazing game yeah fantastic so many people were happy that Crash Bandicoot has made this this great return after the insane trilogy Nitro um, um, CTR Nitro Field and a brand new Crash game a return to form Crash game that people were excited about I myself I love I haven't played it, but I bought it. And I was like, I'm not getting rid of this because I've been wanting a new Crash Bandicoot game for a long time. Sure. And now under this whole thing and the, since Activision decided to put that entire almost most of the team who worked on those games on Call of Duty. Yeah, it's just it kind of it rubs us the wrong way. Yeah, call, that's Call of Duty. Or at least rubs me the wrong way. No, 100 percent. Call of Duty has absorbed so many incredible studios, multiple studios. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ravensoft is a is a an extremely awesome like B tier not B tier but like they make like middle range games they don't make the highest end games and not lower games they make games like Singularity and uh, just you know like really great like first person shooters Mm -hmm. Uh, and they were unique Mm -hmm. and they were singular and they sold well but they didn't sell well enough and they just got absorbed and there's so many studios like Neversoft, the original creators of of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater they are just Call of Duty people now and I'm just like yeah and like this is one of the things where like if PlayStation bought Activision Blizzard, I would feel considerably worse. But the fact mm-hmm. that it's Xbox, I it's, it's kind of like the lesser of two evil things of like, at least with them, like I feel like they're not going to be as restrictive and as beholding uh, as to a PlayStation. Because then if it was just PlayStation, then like, man, like a lot of that shit probably would get shuttered. Sure. Like, like PlayStation's like, they're not, they're not as good as some of the, the things Xbox is doing in terms of studio management. Right. Um, yeah. That's because Xbox right now is in a building phase. They don't have any mm-hmm. first-party games, so they are building the reservoir, and it's going to take years to get there. You know, Redfall yeah. and Starfield were games years in development before uh, the Bethesda thing happened. So those, those were just some acquisitions. Yeah. Now the future is like, okay, Xbox, what are you going to do with these studios now? And that's uh-huh. the future is, is what I'm excited for because, like, Xbox cares, and you know, not that again, not that the other studios don't, but like, Starfield is a good game that could be considerably better, and I think under Xbox, it it will Bethesda will improve. Yeah, it does. It does yeah. feel like Xbox is like holding itself to try and 
stand out in the next generation. Yes. Like, it's kind of counting this generation as a loss. Absolutely. And it's like, we're, we're going for the future. Phil Spencer has said that on interviews. Like, yeah, like, there isn't a console war, but if there was, we lost this generation. And I'm yeah. like, bro, like, you're so honest. Yeah. <laughs> He's crazy. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we're 40 minutes in and one news item down. So um, I don't got a news item. <laughs> shall, so that makes it easy. Shall we go on to uh, anything else? Um, real quick, yes. I'll just mention one of the other news items. Uh, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this one. Gundam Evolution was a game that Ben and I quite enjoyed. Um, but we said then, and we we meant it, and it's obviously true. The live service model was going to kill it. It did. It's being shuttered uh, as far as like support on November 23rd. It was originally um, not away. live service, right? This one originally. Nope. It was always. Live it was Sorry, that's the thing. Um, so I, there's there's a great video on YouTube by Nerd Slayer Studios, the death of a game. Uh, Gundam Evolution. They they didn't want it to be a live service game. They wanted it to be a you know a thirty dollar. That's very clear. Yeah. In construction. Yes. Outside of like the live service battle pass stuff. Yeah. Um, and the studio said no. That's not the model we want. And then, so not only did they say no to a better service model, when the service model they wanted didn't work, they canceled the game. So it, like, they, they, the studio could not win regardless, and that really sucks. It's it's like the Eric Andre meme of shoot of like them shooting the guy, and then it was like, how come that happened? Why would you it's, do that? Absolutely. Yeah, ex exactly. Because uh, when Sparks and I did play Gundam Evolution very briefly, I thought it was great um, having a game where you could. I mean, a game where. You can play as a lot of different mobile suits from a lot of different eras of the Gundam. Because we all know Gundam is giant. It's over 40, close to 45 years old. And there's multiple, there's different universes, different era, different, so many things. Gundam so many Overwatch. Mobile, yeah, essentially it was Gundam Overwatch, but it was it was fun. Yeah. Uh, but that Battle Pass live action bit yeah. just... Um, I will say they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink into the last season that they possibly can because they want to go out with a bang. Yeah. Um, they're ending service on November 29th. Uh, if you want to check it out, it is, it is, it's really sad because I do think it's a Gundam fan's dream. Yeah. Um, for a video game. And that's really a bummer. That's, that, that yeah. so, I'm, I'm so tired of really great games like this. Games that are like, you know your audience, you've play, pandered to that audience, you've got them. This is a game for that audience. But the live service model is going to kill you. Knockout City. Uh, yeah. and, and that's that's just we've there's tons of them. We've talked about them time. And I, and I just don't understand how the industry is still still chasing Fortnite like it's a sustainable model when all these games keep failing. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. it's not it's not the future. It's just not. You, yeah, you can only have like two at most that actually succeed on the market and everything else and will not. it sucks again because it's these shitty, it's these shitty I'm businessmen upstairs. I'm frankly stunned Fall Guys has still survived. Well that's because it makes a lot of Fall Guys makes a lot of money. It does. A I, lot but I'm, but of I'm, money. But I'm stunned that it pulled that off yeah. um, because I, I really was nervous Fall Guys was going to fall to the wind. See, but fall, for Fall Guys I Fall Guys like, and this is not to disrespect Gundam Evolution, it is not an original idea of a game. Right. Fall Guys is there's not another game like Fall Guys on the market. Yes, that's true. So like it, it is it is one of those things. And, and it's got it's got really direct and easy accessibility for everybody. Yeah. And it's yeah. on multiple consoles, play it on, on everything. Yeah. yeah so yeah, like yeah. it is that is a bummer. Again, like it's like it's like Fortnite and Fall Guys are kind of are kind of like the big ones. But um, Gundam but yeah. Gundam With, Evolution really like just real quick, Ben, Gundam Evolution is just so sad to me because like uh, uh, as someone who was who was getting deeper into their Gundam lore and like seeing wow, they really brought like every every era, everything to the table um, and made it feel like it's representative of as it was in the show mm -hmm. and it's well designed and, and like it's fun it's fun and to see that mired as you said like it 
a, a thirty dollar game, it would have it would have succeeded. It would have had the Gundam heads. Yeah, like that would have yeah. been enough for it to, and then like more people would have trickled onto the game over time, um, and thirty dollars would have done it, and then it would still be around. Also, the, the game, service model is <sighs> the game has not been out that long. No, it's like a, it was like a year, right? Two less, years less. Like yeah, that's shitty. Like you don't even give the game a year. Yeah. That's crazy. And again, like the the, the developers like. You clearly love this game and put passion behind this game, but it's it's always the people upstairs are like, <sighs> not enough money, get it out of here. Because like, yeah. they, they just, it's, they it's just like, don't care. I mean, this is Bandai Namco, and Bandai Namco, I mean, they at least gave Pac-Man 99, like, two years, I want to say, until they finally decided to shutter that. that could, games I mean, should not be shuttered. <laughs> no, they, I mean, they should not. Um, Tetris 99 is still, like, really big, and Pac-Man 99 was a good 99 model, in my personal opinion. I thought Pac-Man 99 works because it was really fun to play, but it was only... But once, yeah, y'all, they, they shuttered that one, too. Y'all, I've talked about it before. Dragon Ball The Breakers, I don't think, is a good game, and I say that as a Dragon Ball fan. Like, I, I think the, the the need to make it fun is too high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too much of a steep incline. But that game came out at $20, and that game is still thriving. It's getting a new I, fourth season I just saw with that. Broly. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it has enough of an audience for that, but it apparently does. Uh, and it didn't go the live service model. And like, if Gundam Evolution had taken a similar <clears> amount of twenty to thirty dollar release, I think Gundam Evolution would have would have thrived. Uh, so another Bandai Namco uh, free to play game, uh, battle royale game that I recently played for a couple rounds was My Hero Ultra Rumble, which is a eight squad. Three, it's a three people uh, per squad, so it's a 24 uh, open battle royale where you play as your favorite My Hero characters and you level up your quirks. Uh, so imagine like Fortnite, but instead of picking up a gun, you're picking up an upgrade for your for your like you know your abilities. Uh, that game's not terrible, but it's not great either. It's totally serviceable, and that's a game where because it's free to play, I can see that game closing in a year. Uh, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy VII, uh, the first Soldier Bin, which is a Final Fantasy VII battle royale game. That game got shuttered. Almost immediately, because uh, yeah. nobody played that game, and it's just like, no. y'all, the people upstairs will be like, you know what? I got a billion dollar idea, and like, sir, you don't, you really don't. Y- y'all are not original. Like, it, it is impossible no. to chase that I'll, model anymore. I'll tell y'all. Yeah. When Dragon Ball the Breakers is is available for five dollars, I'm gonna make everybody get it. Dude, I'll buy and five. We'll do bucks. that. We'll do that for for Spooktober. <laughs> See, we'll playing with fun. friends at least will make it fun. <laughs> That's the thing is, yeah. like, it, as I've said, you need seven people, which is which we can do. It's with, hard. If schedules align, yeah. Like, yeah, four and yeah. five, that's a, it's more manageable, yeah. Uh, go, really, going back to Gundam Evolution, I do think that, yeah, we, we've been saying it. Sans live service stuff, Gundam Evolution could have been a great game. Yeah. It could have been a great multiplayer game. It could have, I mean, there have been, mo- I've played Mobile Suit Gundam games where they have a great storyline, or, or, or not maybe a great storyline, but they at least have a good single player aspect and some decent multiplayer I'll, aspects as well. I'll, I'll take it a step further and say it could have been the Gundam game for the next five mm-hmm. years. Yeah. Like, it, it, there's, a lot, of, there's a lot of Gundam games out there, but they're all like, you know, they hit or miss or they find their own niche audiences or they're focusing on only a specific era or whatever. Also, a or lot of them only come out in Japan. In, yes. Yeah, ex- that's the other thing I was going to say. Or they're stuck in Japan. Yes. We don't get um, I was... I was playing uh, through um, my friends Ambernick RG35, and I was just looking through some of the GBA titles. There's a bunch of Game Boy Advance Gundam Battle Assault games, which are essentially Gundam fighting games, right. only released in Japan, and the United States never got so it. This, the last, yeah. or like m- my personal favorite Gundam game of all time is Mobile Suit Gundam Federation versus Zeon, which is essentially you play as a pilot, and the main story is you fight 
through the entire war. Sure. You pick a side. You're either fighting for Zeon or you're fighting for the Earth Federation, and you just go. And I love that game. That's really cool. And there, I think there's a lot of cool Gundam games out there. I do think people have been itching for one that was like, I can pop on with friends. I can be any mm-hmm. Gundam I want. Yeah. And I do a mission with them or I, I fight, you know, for whatever the objective is with my friends. All of us playing whatever Gundams we want from whatever era we want. And it looks great and it plays great. Mm-hmm. That was this. And like... This should have been definitional, like, well, what's the most, what's the, what's the, like, blanket umbrella, like, if you're a Gundam fan of any kind, what's the game that you gotta go to? Gundam Evolution. Uh, and, yeah. Gone. There's a, uh, there's a franchise that I've been trying to find a way to, to, uh, emulate. Uh, it's called Super Robot Wars, and it is a crossover of all the big robot franchises in Japan. So, Gundam, Evangelion, mm. all of them, and it's like, it's like a big, it's like the Avengers of robots, and they never come out in America, and I'm so mad about it. And I still haven't found a way to play them. I want to play them so bad, I want to find a Gundam and an Evangelion. Come yeah. on, come on. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where you see the stuff in Japan, and you just, like, you just, you don't cringe, but you're just angry because you're, you're like I will give you all the money to play this. Sure. Just translate it, please. Yeah. And then thanks for this fan. American Evangelion, yeah, American Evangelion content. Besides, you know, obviously like the, the movies and TV, like that stuff. Like it, it, we don't get it. Books, we get, no. we get almost all the books. Yeah, I'm talking about multimedia stuff. Like every single video game has never come to America. No, I get you. I there's get literally you. there's there's dozens since yeah. the 90s. Yeah. Uh, and I've had to import them or illegally download them. And I don't speak Jap- I don't read a, Japanese. Just so like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Which just like doesn't make sense in the digital age. Yeah. Um, I understand not wanting to ship a bunch of you know like physical releases when you're not sure what the market. It's still is, being but region like, locked. Yeah. I, I think this will change over time too. Like anime is clearly like yeah. so big. Um, and it keeps getting oh, bigger. Yeah. Like, uh, video games and anime are kind of the future of, like, um, younger generations. How well, the things they reference, the things they communicate with each other through are, are largely anime and video games. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that trend's going to con- continue. And, like, video games are always a little bit behind in that sense. But, like, I do think more. It's it's they're going to realize that it's not just the shonens that do well uh, internationally. And, and we'll start to see more of the video games related to that content um, come over here and trickle in. Especially as more yeah. indie games. Uh, take inspiration from anime and are doing well. I mean, seeing that. Just look at, I mean, it's it's technically an indie game, but Five Nights at Freddy's is one of the biggest franchises in the world, mm. and that started as like one guy who made a game, and, like sure. in his in his like office. Like that's really cool. That like mm-hmm. that is a phenomenon with kids now. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right. Right now, the biggest indie game that I would or I would argue one of the biggest indie games that came out this year and it's also a game of the year contender is Sea of Stars. Oh. Guess what that. Guess what that game is highly influenced by? Chrono Trigger. And guess where I can play that, Ben? Game Pass! Game Pass! And I also am able to play it because I was able to download it on my PS5. There you go. Beautiful. Ben's yeah. like, look, Sometimes as long as I can get it on my PS5, then whatever, it's fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could play it. It was available free for download for PS Plus subscribers. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, yoink! Especially because I haven't because I've heard nothing but amazing things. Like, the week that game came out, my Twitter feed was just all mm-hmm. Sea of Stars. And I'm like, Sea of Stars. All right. I got the itch. I want to play it. But yeah, moving on from another bit, uh, another bit of news real quick. We all know what's going to happen someday. It is a little bit bittersweet, but Charles Martinet has officially retired as the voice of Mario. Wahoo. And, his, and we all thought Super Mario Wonder was going to be his last game. Nope, his last project was the Super Mario Brothers movie that came out earlier this year. He send off. We have a, he did a send off for two to his babies. Yep, he did do a, a send off. 
yep, he played the dad. And now we and now Nintendo has decided to make Charles Martinet a Mario ambassador, which he doesn't even really know what that means. But what we can tell is that Nintendo still got to pay him to go to conventions, to go sign stuff and still, you know, celebrate Mario as the character he's been playing for over 20 plus years. Yeah, uh, being the and ambassador means he's just going to do the exact same thing he's been doing for the last 25 years. He's, yeah. he's just not going to be voicing <laughs> Mario anymore. That's all it is. Yeah. I. Right. I uh, I said it when we talked about it, and like I uh, no shade on on the person who's taken over for Mario Wonder or saying they're doing a bad job or anything like that. It's not my intention. Um, I just think it's a shame after that that long career that what Charles went out on is the Mario movie and not a Mario game. Um, yeah, that was that was like you know hey and 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 the way they announced it you know like. Uh, Mm-hmm. Wonders trailer was out and then they're like Charles is retiring and they're like wait was that not Charles in the trailer then and they're like no it wasn't yeah. he's not coming <laughs> it's, it's not gonna be this game this is not his swan song that already happened and it's like oh okay yeah I was hoping that his swan song would have been Odyssey 2 or at least the next big Mario 3D title that you know Nintendo's working on. It's probably going to be a launch title for the Switch too. I was hoping that that was going to be Charles Martinet Swan Song. I think, um, I think even if it was just even if it was just Wonder, I think that would have been yeah. Well, Wonder has been fine. giving yeah. Wonder has just been getting absolutely rave reviews. It is. I wouldn't say I would say Wonder is a. Re- I don't want to say a return to form. I haven't played the game yet, unfortunately. I've just been going off going off for reviews and what people have been talking about online. It's it's a breath of fresh air, not to bring Breath of the Wild into it, but a lot of people have been kind of burnt out on like did you guys remember the new Super Mario franchise? Yeah. That's, like, that's when, when I, the, that's when I zoned out of Mario. Yeah, like like after a while it's like, okay, yeah, but what's the new stuff? Here comes Wonder, and it actually is new stuff. So, and it's new a new a lot of new great things. Absolutely. So I think and I do agree with you. I wish Martinet would have went on, on a different note. Mm-hmm. Mario Wonder is a completely new thing, so I don't think they wanted him to be the old voice with all new stuff because it is sure. not just a new Mario game. It is like it is it is a different Mario game. Like it is not yeah. just a traditional platformer. Like it is it is every, people are talking. There's there's dialogue in the game. It's it is not your traditional side scrolling Mario. So like it would have been cool. Like they wanted to do a fresh clean slate. Yeah. So like I do agree. Like it would have been cool if he was if there was like Odyssey two or whatever. Like Mario Universe just or whatever. Some some game yeah. some game yeah. that it's like and and like that the fans <laughs> knew ahead of time. Not like hey by yeah. the way yeah that last game that was his last game yeah the one from five years ago or four years ago. Yeah, um, it's a, I would say it's a bit of a bummer, but because if they said, hey, this game was going to be his last performance, you know, it would have flown off the shelves. Nintendo would the Nintendo rakes in the money no matter what. Mario's going to sell regardless of right. the voices. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mario will always sell. Kids don't know but who Charles Martinet is. No, nah, I mean, us older guys do. Yes, but yes. <laughs> I mean, I am. I'm just glad that I mean, I'm bummed that he's retired, but at the same time, he has an amazing legacy, an amazing career, and the fact that he now has a little more free time to go to conventions. Because there was a collector con in Long Beach a few weeks ago that I was bummed I wasn't able to go because he was signing there along with the voice of Zelda from Tears of the Kingdom: Breath of the Wild. And one of these days, I even though I don't have my I don't have original N64 cartridge, I do want him to sign my um, 3D All Stars cover someday because. Sure. It has Mario 64, and that was the one of, or that was the first big game that he voiced Mario in. Yeah, yeah. right, sure. I get you. 
and hey, congratulations to like the new guy because like yeah. Yeah. they didn't they didn't try to get like a Chris Pratt or like the big they didn't try to get you know like like God. like the biggest oh, voice. Man. They didn't try to get like Troy Baker, right? They got a guy who auditioned and he sounds great. More more importantly, they didn't try and get a guy who sounds like Chris Pratt. Like, yeah, the movie did so well. This is the future of Mario voice. <laughs> no. We would have write it, but uh, also Sparks, thank you for giving me this, by the way. The uh the pre-order Mario Wonder yeah, print. Sure. Um I haven't found a place to hang it up yet, but either way, this um I mean just from what I've seen, this game it's only been out for a few weeks, but I can already tell another game of the year front runner, or at least nominee at the very least. This is in just, it's 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 not me saying it; it's the entire industry. Like this is the greatest year of video games ever made, and it's honestly a lot of it because of the pandemic, because multiple games have been delayed into the next year. So like mm-hmm. some of these games would have either came out next year or, or excuse me last year. Um, but like I'm talking about like six games that are gonna, like all game of the year contenders. Right. Uh, and that's oh yeah. In and I haven't even gotten to Alan Wake, which is probably the one I'm the most excited for right, at this point. Sure. Um oh, but what a oh, year there's there is actually another news item that um, you think you just said the word that reminded me of a quick Alan. one quick news item that could spiral into a whole thing. I love spiral. So Alan Wake 2 just recently came out. Yeah baby um, but the news came out a little earlier that Alan Wake 2 was going to be digital only. Oh, yeah. No physical release. And it's cheaper. And people, yeah, it's cheaper, but people are up in arms. Yeah. Because Best Buy is no longer selling. They, they're going to phase out selling physical um, tele- uh, televisions, physical Blu-rays, films, Blu-rays, uh, Blu-rays and DVDs, mm-hmm. and video games could be on the chopping block next. I've this seen both not, reports. This is not entirely new because like we've seen this with um spider-man 2 if you wanted a physical copy you could only get the the standard edition if you wanted a deluxe edition that's digital only if you got the collector's edition you got a steelbook display case that had no disc um same thing as god God of war right that's a trend i need to die yeah i don't i do not like that that. one um the collector's editions the collector's editions continue to because it's because of that last step i mentioned because the digital deluxe edition so they want you to have the deluxe edition of the game if you're getting the collector's edition you deserve to have all those extras yeah well that's a digital only thing so that means that they can't give you the disc because they're not manufacturing a disc for that version which also doesn't make sense because i'm like just just what happened to dlc codes what, what happened to the codes that, like, if I got the deluxe edition, the code's just sitting in the thing or it's emailed to me and I and I download Why can't we do that? And the, <laughs> you the know what the problem test. is? Is that they keep doing this and we, not us, but people keep buying them. People keep buying people it. People keep yeah. buying them. Yeah. People want that 19 inches of Venom. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah. statue's pretty sick. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I didn't think about no, it. No, I was, dude, I want those I 19 did. inches. <laughs> I did. But I was like, I don't want a steelbook case for a non physical I- game. I am like all the Final Fantasy games I've bought on the PS4 and eventually the PS5 era. They come with their the steelbook and they come with the game itself. Yeah. I use steelbooks as like it's not just something that looks cool on my shelf. It's like my that holds my game. That sucker is holding my video game. I, and because without the news of Alamo 2 being digital only and a bunch of other um, games that are just essentially and with the games are moving more towards a digital front and people, the conversation has erupted again about digital, not digital versus physical, but the dangers of having digital only stuff mm-hmm. because we don't technically outright own it. Unlike when we look at physical copies, because yeah. once again, not to bring um, the devil himself, David Zaslav into the, into our video game talk, 
look I know boo hiss um Jesus compels thee Satan but he constantly is killing a bunch of fantastic television shows and pulling shows as a tax write-off For that sure. we cannot see anymore because they don't have physical copies yeah um it's it's a it's a dist- this goes back to what I was saying about like Microsoft kind of owning that market like at a certain point it gets to turn that faucet mm-hmm. the other way yeah mm-hmm. um it is distressing in the sense that like you don't own a digital copy. That is the thing that always bothers me the most about this. Is yeah. like I'm I'm all for like, you know, digital gaming and everything, but the fact that like at any point they can decide, especially if a game is an older game or they don't care about it, they don't support it, they don't sell it anymore. Um, they could just be like, you know what, that's not there anymore. Uh yeah. it's it's very it's it's very uh, alarming to a to an extent because yeah. Yeah. we don't have those kinds of protections as consumers it's true. to guarantee uh that those digital things stay in our I'm not surprised that games are turning away from the physical market because um I do think that there's an amount of them realizing and kind of feeling like we give you so much opportunity to get these games on sale, all these other kinds of things that they're like, stop buying a physical copy and sharing it with your friends or selling it again. Yeah. Um and, and they don't yeah. want that market yeah. anymore i think that's uh, yeah. they're honestly done and in like unlike the comic oh. book market where digital comics are the exact same price remedy remedy it wasn't it was like remedy is its own studio like they're not like it was their choice to make it digital and it's also ten dollars mm-hmm. cheaper than every other game and every game is seventy dollars and i can get the six dollars and like that is ten dollars is that that is a good deal like right. that is specifically for Alan Wake, which is like might be the best looking game it's out more, like right now. It's more troublesome that the others don't do that. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the big thing. Yeah. Like like, oh, my God, like digital deluxe games like are like 80, 90, 100 dollars. And it's all just digital stuff. Like you 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 don't own that. The thing is, like, I'm I 100 percent agreement. But like I, it's always been like I'm more of a digital guy than you guys are. I have my Steam library. I have games from 15 years ago. I don't PlayStation isn't shuttering anytime soon. I'm not worried about my copy of Alan Wake 2 disappearing in the next five years. Right. It's it, it is more movies that have this problem. Like video games, they're a little like mm-hmm. they're a little more OK with that. Games aren't removed from stores very, very often. It ha- like Activision, EA, they've done it like, oh, the old Assassin's Creed games. You can't buy those anymore because we want you to buy the remaster. That's shitty. But like that—that mm-hmm. that is a few and far between compared to something the like entire, um, the entire yeah, like Nintendo, I could, right. Nintendo DS and and we Nintendo's market, the yeah. worst at it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the concern. Yeah. Is, um, that, like, is is sorry, just real quick, Ben. I think that's the concern. Is like as a, as a consumer is um, when you become wholly reliant on the digital game. Yes. It's it's not even necessarily that like oh well they could take it away. But at a certain point, unless unless things are put in stasis because they're they aren't there. Like we're not there far enough to have like protections in the digital space and everything. At a certain point, the companies can also make the decision if it is like most of the market is digital games now, they can be like, okay, yeah, you you know, you have that game, but now you have to pay us access to the game. Yeah. Um, and they can turn games that you purchased into essentially Game Pass. Sure. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's the fear um i we're we're far far away yeah i don't i'm not worried about that anytime soon but i but it, i get you i get you yeah but also just to go to the game another game series i was going to mention where they essentially they took down all the older versions of it because they want you to buy the new one and the new version is absolute still crap as far as i can tell uh gta definitive edition sure. oh yeah that is man like Ro- yeah rockstar is like one of the greatest developers of all time and they outsourced that one right uh and oh, they boy did. how do you can tell yeah 
Um, oh boy, heck. yeah. I, I was excited to play Vice. I was like, you know what? I might give Vice City and San Andreas a try because those were the two classic PS2 games that my brother was constantly playing. The radio station on Vice City, bro. Chef's I will. Kiss I will. Of that of the rock. I'll always remember like the Vice City uh, trailer with uh, I Ran by Flock of Seagulls, and it's like, yeah, like oh, it's yeah. that like man GTA. All the game, all those games are good. So like, it sucks that the, Dude, you can't play. I can't, can't just play them. I became a Guns N' Roses fan because of the San Andreas commercial. Absolutely. We bought Appetite for Destruction. Oh, yeah, dude. Because we heard the song and we went to my dad and my dad's like, you guys never heard of Guns N' Roses before? And we're like, Guns N' what? Yeah. And then we went to Best Buy and bought the CD. Gateway drug. I love it. That's fantastic. Exactly. But really going to games as digital uh, or games as only digital now, I obviously do have digital games on my PS5. Very, I've bought digital games because they were stupid cheap. They were like $5, yeah. $10. You know, they were very ex- easily accessible or because of my PlayStation subscription, I download them for free. Yeah. And what Sparks was saying, because there was recently, um, I tweeted about, because I have a Star Ocean game, Star Ocean First Departure R, which is the remake of the very first Star Ocean game. Mm-hmm. And I, it's been on my backlog. It's a game that's there, and I want to play because I really enjoy Star Ocean to the end of time. It's one of my favorite RPGs. And for a while, for for maybe like three or four days, even though it, it had the PlayStation Plus thing, it was locked. And I was like, why did my Star Ocean game get locked? It was available because I had the subscription, and they wanted me to pay for it again. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I have to renew my license? I'm trying to figure out all these different things. They take games, and then, they take games off like by month yeah. too as well, which is incredibly shitty. Yeah. Yeah. And then they brought it back. So it's like, hey, this game that you want is available here. So I'm like, this is just weird. I really hate that. they're uh, I, The PlayStation but, Super Plus model, like the, the Game Pass equivalent, I think is, is kind of awful, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but... The thing with like digital games, because at first I was like a little upset, but at the same time, I was like, I'm I'll just if I find the physical copy, I'll just buy the physical copy. Same with uh, um, Second Story that's coming out yeah, yeah. or already came out, because then the physical copy is mine. Whereas, yes, I am paying money for the subscription service, but I have access to all of these games, but I'm not paying anything extra on top of it. So um, I think a great example here is uh, PlayStation 3. I have some digital games I purchased on on the PS3. Um, the Sonic Adventures were available at one point. Um, uh, they one they the, still are. I have them. Um, I have um, I have both of them on my PS3 as long as all three of uh, Mega Man Legends One, Two, and Trombon. Right. Uh, it, 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 one of the Cybertron games, I think. Um, but the thing is, like, I have those. I have those digital copies. If I log into my PlayStation account on a website right and i look at it and it looks and i look at digital purchases that's under my playstation 3 like digital purchases yeah um some of those games i won't say all but some of them are available through the system you're talking about the subscription service system i own them as they recognize it on my ps3 but because it's a subscription service to play it on the ps5 i can't access digital games i purchased Mm This is some of the stuff where it's like, these are, if it's there, now that it's there, the PS3 thing is there, shouldn't you connect that I own this digital game? Another kind of thing and like, great thing about Xbox. Right. Xbox, you got a game from the Xbox from 2003, baby, you could play it. 
And not only can you play mm-hmm. it, every single Xbox and 360 game has an automatic upscale on the new Xbox system. So every game looks better and runs better because from the Xbox to the Xbox, uh, the new uh, the Xbox Series X, it's the same. It's like the same Microsoft system. It's not proprietary systems from PS3 to PS4 to PS5. And that's again yeah. why Xbox is really it's really great about that stuff. But yeah, that's the, that's the kind of shit where it's like. You own this digital game, but you don't own this game. And yeah, yeah, and like yeah. even if you could have access to this game, we're not going to recognize that you have ownership. Yeah, of this game. and as yeah. as going again, going to like, if we like, this would be a very different conversation if you guys were PC gamers because PC has been has been digital for fifteen years. Sure, you don't, you cannot yeah. buy physical PC games anywhere anymore. I don't know anywhere you can buy them. Walmart still has like Only the, the bejeweled big, and like fun- the, like big big ones. I dude, I don't I don't even think so. Yeah. I guarantee we go to Target, you cannot buy the new games. Uh they are they are exclusively no, especially games games are Epic exclusive. Like so many games come out the sure. Epic exclusive or Steam exclusive. I've I have uh, hundreds of games to my Steam library that I've owned for over mm-hmm. 15 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Like they're not go- yeah, they're not the, going anywhere. I'm not worried about it. I will say, last time I went to Target, the PC wall doesn't exist anymore. Dude, they, the PC they have like bejeweled. They have like those old old games, like those old like uh, like 40 yeah. games in one. Like that's all they got. That's like a, that's over at Walmart. Like uh, uh, Target, it's just like some PC parts, like maybe a few keyboards. Yeah. Or, but mostly it's like they put the clearance stuff there. They maybe put some of the retro toys there. Uh, oh, there's the retro like stuff. World there's of Warcraft and Final Fantasy XIV uh, like card accounts because those are those are subscription games, right? Yeah, they sell those on yeah. the wall. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like, hey, here's all the codes with the games that you want. It's like, but I don't want the codes. I want the physical. I'd actually yeah, be PC. curious. Uh, I'd be curious if like Walmart or Target has a digital, not sorry, not digital, online shop of games. But I've never even looked because they're definitely not in the store. No. Yeah, uh, PC has been exclusively yeah. digital for a long time. Yeah. We yeah. we've been at this for a bit, and I hate to to bring up one other news item, but do we want to talk about or say anything about one that I kind of can't believe we forgot about um the unreal engine with the developers do we want to touch on that at all uh do you mean like raising the pricing for the developers oh you mean unity sorry yes um that's uh, oh uh, we could touch on it briefly so yeah yeah unity is like one of the premier uh game development softwares um it was previously a subscription model whereas like you can get the free version which a lot of indie developers use, or you can get the subscription version. Right? Hey, you pay a month and you get a, a catalog of everything you can ever want to make a game, right? They recently changed it to be an install, like a per install base. So instead of once a month you charge us, every single time someone downloads your game, we charge you five cents, 10 cents, 20 cents, depending on how big the game is. Um, and I don't know if I've ever seen a bigger outrage in, in the video oh, game, yeah. in the video game space, because this was uh shocking and it was going to bankrupt indie developers because there was a thing where it was going to retroactively activate so if your game sold a million Mm -hmm. copies you now owe us two hundred thousand dollars um and that is that is like diabolical it's like the meat it's Um, the cruelest thing and they've walked back so much of it so much of it but it is still it is still going to be that install thing and like developers have like like change their games like hey we now have to spend an extra year development learning a different software because we're not going to use unity because we're not going to use unity anymore it's it was like um, (laughs) the cult of the lamb developers uh which i really like coming out being like well download cult of the lamb by this date because after that it's gone yeah uh yeah and like so many companies were like you know we've never made a public statement before but like this is 
this is cataclysmic to the industry. Right. This is cataclysmic to indie developers. Um, and luckily, enough people... Oh, and, and, and the guy who, who ran Unity, he resigned after this, too. So, like, you know, like, shit was real bad there. Uh, yeah, thank you for bringing mm. it up. It was, I don't know if I've ever seen a more, like, vicious time on, on video game, on the video game internet. I, I actually completely forgot about the whole Unity thing because, yeah, I was there. I was looking through my TikTok, and I followed the Cult of the Lamb TikTok page because, you know, they're absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. And they said, download Cults of Land before this day because we're going to delete it off the servers. And I'm like, what? Why? But the game is good. The game has been doing well. It's it was one of our top games last year. Why is Cult of the Lamb going away? And it's because of this whole Unity fiasco. And I'm just like, oh, that sucks. It's truly, it's truly a horrifying, like absolutely tone deaf move that they came out uh-huh. with. It, it, I was flabbergasted when I saw it, as as was everybody. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't believe it, and I can't believe that. I, I know they've walked back a lot of it, but I can't believe, like in general, that it's still moving forward. Like. So many people are just going to not use Unity in the future yeah, so, because they can't uh, trust them now. This is from uh, The Verge. Uh, this is Ash Parrish. Um, they've walked back a lot of it. The new plan is a, dra- is a drastic departure from what was initially announced. Now users on the Unity personal subscription plan will not be charged that new fee. And uh, 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 games that make less than $1 million in 12 months will not be subject to the fee. So indie developers are, are, are safe now. But still, if your game makes over a certain threshold, bam, you're getting hit with money, baby. But like, if you make a lot of money, then you should be able to counter it so like it won't bankrupt you but it is still they are asking significantly more yeah. money than than before I, and i think like damage done right oh, like as oh, you said like yeah. the thing uh-huh. is like a whole bunch of indie developers saw that and said all right well we're not using unity anymore uh and then mm-hmm. a bunch of the big corporations are gonna be like all right so we owe them some money but we're not using unity in the future yeah. unreal and again unreal engine which is which is like the other big one like unreal 5 is now a thing and everyone's yeah. just like well shit if our games could look uh better on unreal 5 and cheaper then we're just gonna switch to unreal uh so like yeah it was it was a it was a wild week. I think I think <laughs> the crazy the, the crazy thing about it is that like because of this this seed of like bad will that they created, Unity's like kinda gonna be done in the next few years, I think, as far as like being used because so many people distrust it now in the industry. Yeah, um there mm-hmm. are there are big studios who you know, like if you make a game like Spider Man doesn't use Unity, but like if it's a game with that scale, like you, you can't switch to to, to Unreal at that point because that would right. be adding considerable time. But right. like, and they can afford to use Unity, but like, but everybody's yeah. gonna pivot. From Absolutely, here. like, yeah. If I were a new developer, I'd be like, no, I'm not gonna use Unity. Unity, that. Unity, Unity might make money off of the thing for the for the future for a bit, but that that company now has essentially turned the entire market against it. So in a matter of years, like no one will use Unity, I yeah. suspect. There is a there is a uh there's a uh a game software a developer software called uh, Godot and like it is like it's made a lot of indie developers use it and the the rise in Godot. I've seen so many tutorials like how to use Godot for new for new indie developers and like I'm trying to use Godot for the first time and it's like man that's so cool like this small the small scale development team has ballooned because some big company fucked up so royally and it's like that's so cool that like this is allowing other game developers to like uh, companies to rise up uh, yeah. in the ashes. I, I sh- One certainly that- Unity did not expect the backlash but now that it's happened like there there's f- no there's no putting that genie back in the bottle. Nobody, Never. nobody likes them now. Mm-hmm. You know what Unity did? Hmm. They revenged the Sith themselves. You did that yourself. <laughs> I thought you were going to exactly. say. I thought you were going to say. You know what Unity did? They unified everybody against them. Yeah, they did. That's true. That, well, that too. That is a hundred percent. No, because when you guys were talking about how everyone's just going to leave, I just thought of that scene from Star Wars Three. But uh, oh man, yeah. So that's a good news. Is that? Yeah, that was yeah that was a good that was actually a big one that I 
truly, truly like one of the most baffling things that happened in yeah. video games in the past few months. And, in, this, in this past quarter, it was just like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you knew the moment it dropped, like with the backlash that was happening, like they they gotta walk that back. Oh no, there's they're no, screwed. There's no way. And it but definitely, like, yeah. But they can't save themselves from the fact that they even started it, and no. like they're done. That they're that fucked. that grave is like three feet deep yeah. at this point. Like, oh, oh no. yeah. It's it's like, and here we see Earth. Uh, we here we see Unity Earth fitting themselves into a deeper, deeper hole. <laughs> Unity Unity's got a gravestone that just says like the year it was established, and then says it's just a matter of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. TBD. <laughs> pretty pretty much. All right, so that's pretty much all the news stories that I have. Yeah, hell yeah. Or that. All right, shall we get into the games that we have played God, this? Yes. Uh, this past I almost called it past semester. We're not in school this past quarter. No, yeah, and yeah. should I go first? Should I go first? Because I essentially only played the same three, sh- three things. Let us transition ben 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 into video games. Hey, Ben, I know you now, and I have talked about this game literally to death, but please talk about it some more. It's the Legend of Zelda. I, Tears of the Kingdom. I will be I will be brief, but I have finally beat the game. Ryan, have are you close to being in the game or not yet? I'm still I just got to fight Ganon. That's all I got to do. All right, cool. Because so Ryan and I are going to have our own basement arcade discussion oh, about yeah. that solely on Tears of the Kingdom where we completely do do a deep dive. I will say that as of right now, this game is still top game of the year contender for me because I haven't played anything else. <laughs> I was going to say by default, <laughs> by default, by default, Tears of the Kingdom top of but but I have seen some criticisms of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. I have even experienced some of those criticisms. Do I still think the game is a 10 out of 10? Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. But it's a 10 out of 10 with some problems. Yeah. Or with some issues here. Um, I still love it. It's still fantastic. Um, and I am so it When I finally beat it and I saw the credits roll, it did give me the emotional gut punch that I thought I was going to see. And... I want to say Nintendo did a good job, but they also maybe did some things from Breath of the Wild that maybe aren't so can I, good. Can I ask a specific question that I don't want you to spoil anything. I just want an impression. Um, uh-huh. Just story, Ben. Just story. How happy are you? Oh, I'm happy with it. Okay, great. I Without, uh, yeah. again, I'm at the final boss, but I think the story is considerably <clears throat> better than the first games. Great. I'm I, actually emotionally yeah. invested. I, I love that you guys have talked a lot about gameplay and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I just haven't heard as much about like what the story is doing and like how it's no, but like stuff. I think there's a lot of wonderful and I'm excited for you guys yeah. to do your, your pause menu discussion about it. But I'm really glad to know that you know you finished the game and the story hits. That's that's wonderful. Yes. I'm really happy about um, that. But the story hits. I will say that because there was an aspect of so one of the criticisms that I have seen from Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom is that in Breath of the Wild, uh, Link has amnesia. He doesn't remember a whole lot of stuff. And you're going through. There's these spots on your um, Sheikah slate Mm -hmm. that unlock memories for Link, his memories of his time before the Calamity Ganon, his time of getting to know Zelda, essentially them building their eventual relationship. And by the way, just full, full disclosure, I ship Zelda and Link hard. Hardcore in this series, they are just absolutely adorable together. Bro, she's uh, sleeping Z- in his house. Damn right, like <laughs> Zelink for and life. They were roommates. <laughs> they were, they totally were. Even the voice actress for Zelda said, "Oh no, they're 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 together. They're they're doing things." Um, but that's beside the point. With the dragon's tears, while it does give a, a perspective on what Zelda is doing. I do agree that it's not affecting Link, but at the same time, it makes me care because the whole this whole thing is us trying to find Princess Zelda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And seeing how what she's going through makes me want to continue on. And when we get to like when you complete the Tears of the Dragon quest, Mwah. I was heartbroken. Yeah, it's great. And when I'm <clears throat> fighting and when I was fighting Ganondorf, I was mentally screaming, give her back. Sure. Because that's what I thought Link was going through. Sure. And the stories with the, all the other characters and the stories with um, all the other uh, side characters, because there's also some good story bits involving characters like um right here in Terrytown you have um Hudson and Ronson who their daughter is a Gerudo and she's being taken to Gerudo Town because that at a certain age all Gerudo girls they go back to Gerudo Town they grow up they essentially learn the ways the Gerudo they live before they go back out into the real world and it's a and you see a mother who's heartbroken where because she knows that her daughter has to make this journey but she doesn't want to let her go. And you also see a father who misses his daughter so much. And it's adorable. And it's like, damn it, Zelda. You, you guys have done it again. They have this grand story that is emotional, but then they throw in other great story bits mm -hmm. throughout the game that make you care about these NPCs. They make you care about these characters. And, and, and I uh, real quick, Ben, uh, one of the things that is great about it being a sequel is this takes place, you know, like 10 years after the first game. So there are a mm -hmm. bunch of characters who you knew in that first game who now are older and have other experiences and ki people who are kids or adults. And uh, what's her yeah. name? What's the Pura? Is that her name, Pura? Pura. Yeah, yeah, so she was like a kid, and now she's an adult in this game. And like, that's uh -huh. cool. Like, you see actual, like, pro progression through with characters yeah, if you paid attention and stuff. She's also 125 years old. Yeah, so that's... Where did that growth spurt come from? <laughs> well, yeah, because it says again, because she did, like, an anti-aging thing and turned her a kid, and then that's she right. grew she, back into her She got Goku. But that's right. She did get goku but uh, she looks great for her age. That's for damn sure. <laughs> but that's beside the point. Uh... You see, like, Sidon. Sidon and his fiance. you, um, is it Yuna? Or you, yeah, it's Yuna. Uh, Link, Link is his, is his fiance. <laughs> that's the, you saw that statue, that's what ben. people, I did see his Listen, statue, it's a yeah. It's a parabola, it's three of them. It is. Uh, but you see all these characters, <laughs> and you're, when they see Link again, they're happy to see him, and it's just, I love it how the time has progressed. And I love how there's other stories. And I mentioned this, I want to say, on my last, latest Posmany episode with a game from Boss Fight Books, where you know a game is really great when it makes you care about the NPCs. Mm -hmm. And Tears of the Kingdom makes me care about the NPCs. Sure, that's why. Now, I, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm only going to mention, because we've talked about gameplay out the ass about this game, but the story, it hit. I felt complete. Mm -hmm. I felt that this was a great ending. I'm not expecting a third one. I don't I don't feel like I need other stuff. I'll just let all the other stuff like what happened after the defeat of the Demon King Ganondorf. I'll just let that up to my own interpretations. But this to me was a great experience. <clears throat> and as someone who absolutely loved Breath of the Wild, I absolutely loved Tears of the Kingdom. I thought it was fantastic. I had a blast. I mean, there were some days where I'm doing stuff. It's like, do I really want to do this or am I just doing it because I'm trying to get some form of completions mm -hmm. thing or I want all this stuff. But then it's like, you know what? No, I got to defeat Ganondorf. Oh, all the musical I quests. Him down. I think those are some of my favorite. All the musical quests, like oh, get, the, getting the oh, troop back together. Good stuff. That was cute. Stuff. That was really cute. Um, but yeah, T Tears of the Kingdom was a fantastic experience. Hell yeah, Ben. I That's absolutely. Awesome. 
yeah we are i well let's uh let's, it, it's up there it's up there it's still up there for game i mean i know there's other games that i will try to play before the year is out it's probably not going to happen yeah but as of the time my, my number one for the year, year is the legend of zelda, zelda. Here's the one, one out, shit. one out of um, one one out of one game ben. yeah let's move um, on shit. let's move on i'm to, excited for you guys to do your discussion yeah. on that let's move on to the mobile space Ben, let's talk about some uh, trading card games, because you've been all about the Pokemon recently. I have definitely been all about the Pokemon right now. So, yeah, as you guys know, I fell in love with the Pokemon trading card game because I bought the video, the Game Boy game at Portland Retro Gaming Expo last year. And that game taught me how to play the TCG after 20, 20 plus years after the fact. This one is the newer version that has all the new rules. It has the newer cards. It is essentially if you want to learn how to play modern Pokemon TCG, this is the way to do it. Um, it is a mobile game. There's some gotcha mechanics, but the gotcha mechanics in this game, there isn't a way for you to put real money as far as I can find onto the game directly. So when you buy a pack of Pokemon cards nowadays, you always get like a little code card for it. And that code is for this game, and it gets you a booster pack. There's also a battle pass um, function with the game, but the more you play, the more you get experience, and then you unlock tiers of battle pass, which will give you free booster sure. packs with with a certain set. Because right like now, a, the, that seems like a good model. I like that model. Uh, yeah, you you talked about this when I wasn't on the podcast, and I, I wanted to say that, um, and I'm I'm looking at a video of it now. But just in general, I think this is really smart, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think this is a really great way to get people um, engaged with the card game who maybe wouldn't be otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they'll pick it up. Maybe they won't. But like the fact that they get to like play with Pokemon as cards as as it as it was is is really really cool. I think kind of an yeah. inevitability that they needed to do. This. And and like that's how they like that's how they get you. It's like oh you want more cards you got to buy the cards and then we'll give you yeah. cards. And it's like it's but, like a great circle. But at the same time, it's like it's like if you want more cards, you there's two ways to get more cards. You could either play the game and I mean, it'll be slower, but you just play the game and you'll get cards no matter what. Mm-hmm. Or if you go out and buy cards or because because I had a friend of mine, he gave me like a literal stack of code cards. You could just do that. I mean, getting, getting redeeming codes can be a little bit of a hassle, especially because you have to go to the Pokemon website. It's not a 100 percent streamlined service. Oh, yeah. There yeah. are problems with the mobile app. The mobile app last time I checked has like three points, some stars because there are people complaining about it. But as you guys know, I want to try and actually compete in Pokemon and Pokemon championships. I want to try and compete in Pokemon TCG tournaments. This is a great way to train. This is a great way to learn what kind of decks work for you. This is a great way to learn what kind of play style or what kind of Pokemon or what types of Pokemon work with your play style. While and if you have a deck on your phone that works, you can, of course, write down the cards that you want and go and buy the singles of it. Because there's so many card shops like Frankenstein's. You don't always have to buy the boosters. Mm-hmm. Sure. And obviously, so you could just get the singles, build your deck and then try it out in the real world. Because I, I feel like this is a great training tool. I see this game more as a tool than it is a video game. Like, obviously, it is a video game, but for someone who, if you want to try and compete, if you want to try your hand, if you think this game is fun, give this a shot. Like, where's the original Pokemon TCG game? Because it's out on Nintendo Switch Online right now for the Game Boy thing. If you want to, if you play that game and you like it, those are the still the very core, core basics of Pokemon that have not changed in over the past 20 years. Yeah, sure. This is modern. TCG. 
Yeah. yeah, this is modernized, and there are some different rule sets, but it's not like Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic, where the rule sets have completely oh my changed. God, dude, Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, I, yeah. I don't even know what the farts is going on in Yu-Gi-Oh! Like, <laughs> I, I, thought Magic, video... I thought Magic the Gathering got complicated. Yu-Gi-Oh! is like another world. Oh, Let's see. There was Synchro. There was XYZ. There was Pendulum. There was all this other stuff. Oh, and I'm making just up like, words. Yeah. Yeah. No, those are actual Yu-Gi-Oh! now. Whereas Pokemon, a few different changes... But and also with the um, with the train card game live app that I have on my phone, it will update with the current rule set. Like when if a new rule set decides to change, they will let you know and be like, hey, before it was this. Now it is this. It updates it for you. That's awesome. Yeah. It updates. So if you want to learn, if you were interested, definitely. And if you like the Game Boy game, here's the modern version. Sure. Give it a shot. All right. I and also best part is when you start. If you download this, they give you booster. They give you essentially pre-structured decks. Yeah. Of all the types. That's oh, that's it's, nice. It's not. It's not a. Oh, I like fire type. So they'll give you fire type, and you're stuck with it. It's like. Here is booster. Here are our starter decks for almost every single type. It has a bunch of Pokemon Bs. It has a bunch of Xs. It has a bunch of good stuff in there. So I've tried a lot of digital card games and like I don't know if I've ever heard one that's like that, like uh, uh, at first, like friendly to like to new users. Because like Marvel Snap, like you just have to get the cards that they give you. And like and so like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh and all them, too. So like that's actually really cool. I mean, you still have, I mean, there's still cards that they give you, but at least, and also there is a way that you can dismantle decks. So your cards are still in your collection Mm. and you can still, I mean, if you want to build a Frankenstein deck, you can build a Frankenstein deck because right now I'm Pokemon. What? uh, You know what I mean? But because I have, I'm running a Charizard EX deck from Obsidian Flames and it's pretty damn good. I actually rose up the ranks a little bit, so I'm, I'm happy with it. Awesome. We're going to move on from Pokemon, Ben. Yes, we are. We're going to move on to uh, an almost modern game. <laughs> How much have you played of Miles Morales? Tell me a little bit. Okay. Just tell me a little bit. I know you haven't I, played a lot, but tell me what you can. Uh, I absolutely love this game and uh, I'm having so much fun with it. Just swinging through New York City just reminds me of how I played Spider-Man on the PS4. It I am having I am having an absolute blast. I Okay, so I'm still I'm still pretty early. I mean, obviously, I have the, the original suit. I'm doing a. I just finished all of like the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man apps. The I mission I'm doing right. I I just found out who the main villain is. Like the the reveal of. I'm just gonna say it. I found out that Finn is a tinkerer. Yeah, spoiler sure. for a three-year-old game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spoiler for a three-year-old game. Yeah, I found out that Finn is a tinkerer, but nice. also I'm like swinging through. I did a bunch of the friendly neighborhood stuff. I got the um the uptown pride suit in front of the Black Lives Matter mural. That's yeah, yeah. that's where I stopped last night. Hell yeah. Because I have another story mission to start off. Um yeah, oh, my only, real quick, I guess my real only quick, ben, uh, did you uh the actor playing Finn, did you recognize her? She's one of the actresses from Scream, the the new Scream movies. She's uh, her and her brother. Uh I forget her name. Jasmine's oh. boy. Yeah. yeah, she yeah, uh she's she's Finn. I did not. Yeah. I uh, did she, not recognize she's incredible. that. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, um this game isn't this I'm having so much fun with this. Um this is a good to me, this is a good prelude for Spider-Man. This is for Spider-Man 2, obviously. Um, just swinging through New York and just it reminds me of back when I was playing Spire, the original Spider-Man game. I was swinging through New York. And I'm trying to make my way to objective. And then a little exclamation point pops up and it's like crime in progress. And I just divert because I'm Spider-Man. I got to go stop the crime. Gotta go be a hero. Uh, yeah. Uh, the story with Miles, I'm really enjoying um, how he is essentially going and building his own as Spider-Man. Um, the combat I'm getting I'm getting back into this. No pun intended. The swing of things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, 
And also just swinging through New York is fun. I forget that I have a fast travel option because sweeping is just just it, yeah. it feels good, you know, for it sure. It feels nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're finally doing it uh, I, and getting to explore like Miles World and his cast of characters that are around him. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, Genki. I love Genki, by the way. Yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, I love Genki. Um, obviously, his mom is the relationship between Miles and his mom is great. And also the relationship that he the relationship that he's rebuilding with his uncle. Like when I did the mission and his uncle gave him the card and said Miles Morales and he was like, wait, this is and this is also where you have the, the two competing podcasts, right? Um, the one that's yeah, like anti yeah. Jameson and the one that is Jameson. The Danica cast? Is that yeah, the Danica? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like when Miles is like listening, is like, Pete listens to a pod to this. this is, he's a masochist. And then he <laughs> finds Danica cast and he's listening. It's, it's weird because I'm swinging through New York and I hear J. Jonah Jameson just complaining about it. Uh, like he was doing a, a news bit about how I stopped a bunch of toy thieves who were tro- who were stealing toys from Feast and they were Spider-Man toys. We're, and Jameson was like, he stole toys or I was there's was something I was like, wait, no one got hurt. No one died. Oh, OK, well, I'm sure there are injuries. Right. What? No one got hurt. It was a completely easy. Get me new fact checkers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I we're looking at a video of it right now and I forgot how much I enjoy like new york in the snow yeah uh mm-hmm. is so is so well done in this game uh really thrilled that it you're is. finally doing it ben yeah and and the yeah, next thing it, is like it's it's not a full like it's a shorter game so like you won't have to like but it's it got a full story no that's, that's like, the thing yeah yeah which i which i'm really appreciative of i know there was a lot of nervousness that it wasn't going to feel like uh its own experience but i do feel like they ultimately got there uh, um, i'll tell you about that yeah i'll tell you guys right now miles morales is still my probably my uh the story my of the three f- spider-man games is still my probably my favorite it's a really and i played i played spider-man too it's a good tight one and honestly it's tight that's uh, what it I really, is tight. i really like the new york you get to go through through miles perspective i, 100% in the agree. Game. I mm-hmm. think it's i think it's wonderful uh, just like arkham origins which is like it takes place all in the snow like i love when you change the scenery uh, uh yeah being in in oh. winter is great so I also I got the tracksuit, which is on the video right now, and it's gorgeous. And I just um, got the uh, crimson cowl suit where Miles has the hood up. Hell yeah. And I'm going to rock that for a while. Um, rock it. I can't wait. I can't wait to unlock the Into the Spider-Verse suit because, you know, it's just. Oh, God, just it's wonderful. Oh, and you get the, the 12 get the, frames per second. So you yeah. actually move like Miles. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can add like comic book sound effects. So like, pow, bam, like it's. Good shit. Good shit. Yeah. Even like even like this mission, I love how I get to go rescue cats. Oh, I don't yeah. know why. Oh, uh, just every time. Bodega cat. I, I met Bodega cat. I met the Spider-Man Bodega yeah, yeah. cat. He is yeah. adorable. Hell and yeah. I give him all the pets. Like there was a time I was just paying the cat for five minutes. Oh, yeah. I love it. <laughs> and my own cat, Suki, was on the um, like our beanbag chair watching me play. And I'm just every time I would pet that cat, I would give her pets because of like, oh, Suki, look, you it's Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. The Spider-Man games, uh, the first one, Miles and Spider-Man 2, like their set piece stuff is, is almost unrivaled. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Sure. Moving on to an unrivaled. Rivaled free-to-play game that we all play. Mm. Time for our, mm. our uh, quarterly Fortnite checkup. This is probably going to be the least that we played of this quarter, but you know, we still I still played a lot of it though. So far. Uh, yeah, this uh, this has the whole vault system uh, that they've created, uh, wanting to break in. It's like um, spy stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff in this season. Um, a lot of fun mechanics. I think they they structured into it. Uh, you've got your original bad guy who's a vampire. I, I thought was going to be there comp for dracula but it's not no um 
but I still think this season's a lot of fun. Um, they keep innovating. It's very interesting. I, I'm really excited for what we're probably going to talk about next quarterly for Fortnite because uh, back to we're basics. going back to basics, back to the original island, which is going to be really cool. Yeah. Um, but as it is now, uh, Fortnite continues to just have like really great structure for its motion and gameplay. Um, they've done some really great uh, Fortnite mares. Uh, yeah, content. I've done a lot of the Fortnite mm-hmm. Nightmare stuff. There's a great new horde mode, which is uh, it's an original like <clears throat> it's not an original map, but it takes place on a section of the map, and you travel around as like you're being invaded by monsters, and there's like uh the circle is really tight on you, so it's really stressful, uh, and it's really fun. Uh, uh, and that was that's a really great mode, and uh the 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 uh, Fortnite Nightmares like missions are great. There's a Ahsoka Tano stuff. There's a bunch of really easy and fun Ahsoka content to get that they don't you know make you pay for. Um, there's a great there's a stake shotgun that is like it almost rivals the bow for me because it's like a shotgun that shoots just a giant stake uh, and it's like a one-shot kill that's not what we're talking about <laughs> i forgot to loop the video that's okay whoops that's okay uh yeah i'm i've been really enjoying this Fortnite. unfortunately it is coming to an end soon so i don't know how much time we'll be able to play more of it together but uh i'm definitely putting in some time this coming week so good. i'm excited to to do more of it but the uh, uh, I there's things I definitely want uh, and the new skins uh, we have our first non-Marvel non-Star Wars Disney skin named Jack Skellington <gasps> ah, has been added. oh my god he looks so good and, and he looks great you have Zero and you have the Slay and he has a Santa Claus variant and like I just love it and Alan Wake came out and Michael Myers came out mm-hmm. and he does the Haddonfield theme it's just like Oh my God! Jar Carpenter got paid for that too. You know it. He loves it. Oh, I love really, it. really uh, like they continue to to kill it with their skins game. Like, I bought Goku I Black. To, Fortnite just it. can't be stopped. I need to. I mean, after I beat Tears, I was like, finally, I could get my PS5 some love because it's. It, I've been neglecting my PS5 because of Tears. Not gonna, gonna lie. I mean, off. it happens. I mean, it happens. Yeah, but. Yeah, I should. When I saw that Jack Skellington was in Fortnite, I'm like, mm, I should probably. But also at the same time, when I turn my PS5 on, I'm like, but Spider Man no, and Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got those games to play. That's true. That's true. Well, let's move on from Fortnite. Yeah, let's Man. move on. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Dreamland. Tell me about oh. it, Kirby's Dreamland Deluxe. I haven't been playing this game a whole lot, but this is a great co-op game with me and my fiance. We are having so much fun. Every time we do play uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland together, we have an absolute blast. It's a Kirby game. It's it's easy and it's not it's not too easy that it's like, oh, it's boring. It's a cute, fun, cozy game. And the powers that we the new powers that we get to experience are really nice. They're really fun. Um, my personal favorite is the mech one because Kirby essentially turns into a Gundam and there's a bunch of another there's a bunch of stuff that you can do like a bunch of side games a bunch of fun mini games that we can play we have a bunch of fun playing like the samurai draw the ninja star throwing game there's stuff to do co-op and there's a lot of fun stuff to do um competitive and this is definitely a game um sparks i would definitely recommend to play this game with your wife i think she'll have an amazing time it's because not just because it's cute but because it's a really fun co-op experience right playing this game co-op is definitely something that is much more of a boon than it is a um detriment whereas kirby in the forgotten land your co-op partner is essentially relegated to the role of the younger sibling where they only get to have wallaby and the spear this one if your partner plays as a kirby they get their abilities if they play as king ddd or meta knight then they get their abilities but if they if you want to play as two different kirbys you all you can get abilities no matter what That's and it nice. truly is a fun I would say this is still a very fun Kirby game. <laughs> That's cute. Um, 
yeah, it's it's adorable. It's absolutely cute and adorable. And I I feel like Kirby games can't miss. I mean, as long as they're like actual games, games, not like free to play games, because I know there was a free to play one that was kind of. Eh. But like straight Kirby games, like even Forgotten Land. I love Forgotten Land. Forgotten Land was amazing. This one is just absolutely fun. I'm I have not, a black. I'm not really a Kirby guy, but like the 2D Kirby's are generally always well received. And the last one I played was Epic mm-hmm. Yarn, which is mm-hmm. probably the cutest game I've played in my entire oh, life. Oh, yeah. Epic. Oh, man. I would. I was trying to find so Epic Yarn in the DS at, at PRGE last year. And then how I, when I saw how much it was, I wanted to internally scream because oh, I'm like, nope. Not paying that much money, but yeah, Kirby games, they're it's they're great. They're just absolutely fun. And this one, I know a lot of fans were like, yeah, they're bringing back Return to Dreamland because this was, I want to say, a Wii U game Mm -hmm. that came out. But of course, you know, Wii U didn't sell a whole lot. Now it's on the Switch. Numbers bumped up. Word, word, word. Right. All right. Well, Ben, I believe that's the last of you. So Uh we're going to move on to Mr. Sparks Witty and we're going to go to a galaxy far, far away. I'm not gonna do, spend. Do, do, do. I'm not gonna spend a ton of time on this. Um, we we completed Jedi Survivor. We have a review uh, coming sometime soon. Uh, probably within a week. Um, we just need to get past the Spooktober gaming for me to be able to edit Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, but we have a we have a review we did with our friend and co-host Brandon T. McClure. Um, for Jedi Survivor, we had a lot of thoughts about the gameplay, about the story. I'm not gonna get too deep into that because I also don't want to spoil for Ben, who mm-hmm. still has to finish the game. Um. Uh, what I will say is uh, the the gameplay continues to be very impressive as far as traversal. It's like everything I want it to be as far as the terms of a Jedi moving through a space. Um, that's that's really wonderful. Mm-hmm. There are other things in the gameplay that I think hold it back as far as combat is concerned, uh, even as it does, I think, more and better innovation than the first one did. And uh, in terms of story, there are some choices that, um, well, check out the review and uh, we'll get into that there because uh, it baffles me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think gameplay is pretty good. I was pretty uh, underwhelmed with the story as well, unfortunately. But yeah, we got a review coming out uh, sometime soon. So but you know, stay excited, Ben. <laughs> All right. Yo, it's a good game. I'm, I still enjoyed playing it. I know. I, I, do, I put the disc back in my PS5 last night because I had to take it out because I was watching all the Digimon movies. Did, did, but it's Digimon. But once again, it's like, I, I, I do like uh, the, what little I have played the Jedi Survivor. I liked it, but right now I'm in a Spider-Man mood. Oh yeah, let me, let me tell you. How ben, is it? Let me tell you, Ben. Jedi Survivor might be one of the only other uh, new games you'll play this year, but um, it ain't it ain't the thing that's going to take Game of the Year from Tears of the Kingdom. No, I would I would so just recommend you get Baldur's Gate or FF16 if you want like a true real dubex experience. Yeah. Uh, moving on from Jedi. Ooh, let's go to the cult, baby. Hey, it's me. Ooh. This is me for a moment. I'm going to talk about Cult of the Lamb. Uh, the new DLC is out. It is free if you have the game. You don't have to pay anything for it. Um, this unlocks uh, a lot of the post-game content, which is all about a another deity who feels that you uh, owe them to repair the land after what you have done. Um, so you are basically revisiting the zones, and you have to clear out uh, the souls of the deities you killed and you have to cleanse them. Um, so you're going back to the areas. It's tougher enemies. There's new abilities, all kinds of stuff. Um, it's actually very engaging. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I think the challenge is just right uh, for the next step up in a post game. Uh, I really enjoyed what I've done so far. I cleansed the soul and turned it into the, to the new upper deity, which I won't get into or spoil, but um, I, I really like it. And of course uh, you have, uh, 
the uh, I forget his name, but the the one we defeat at the end of the game, you like the him. one who remains. He is, uh, yeah, the one he who is waits. Now, the one who waits. The one who, yeah, he is now one of your villagers, nice. and there are some interesting little dynamics that happen because he's now in the village and things you have to watch out for I because love it. of him. Because he's a little scam. I love he's a little it. scam. <laughs> I see. I I put a lot of time into the game and I beat the game, so I, I didn't want to. I'm gonna come back to it. Cause like I, cause there, I did see they added not just this update, but they've also added like um, there's a game series called Don't Starve, and they did a crossover event with that, and that's a, like a, that's like a cool survival game too. Uh, so like all these updates, like I'll come back to this game eventually, cause they added the thing that I'm honestly most interested in. They added like new weapons, but they added a heavy attack, cause there used to just be like a regular yes. attack, and then they added a secondary attack, and I'm like, what? Well, just fifty percent more gameplay. So uh, I'm excited to check that out eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I I think if you enjoyed Cult of the Lamb, I highly recommend like going back and doing this post game. I think it's I think it's worth it. Love um, it. I'm looking yeah. forward to finishing it myself. Hell yeah. Now my fiance, she was actually counting down the days when the DLC would come out because we were because when she found out that this was free DLC, she went back and she played it and nice. she really enjoyed it. Cult of the Lamb continues to be an excellent game. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. glad that they they made this uh, just absolutely. Hey, here you go, free DLC. Um, love it. So let's yeah. move on to a game we all played. Oh, we did. We Teenage played this with Brayston. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, we'll talk about it briefly. Uh, you can check out our gameplay on Basement Arcade. We did Shredder's Revenge uh, all together. Um, obviously, we'd all played it before, but it was wonderful to go through as a team. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the DLC's out, and we'll be doing that soon, too. Um, uh, here's, just, just... here's the thing. I don't know if we will, because it's not new levels. It is a new survival mode. Mm. So it's not new story. And, so it's, and it's $7.99. So I, sure. I don't know if I'm going to be playing it. You guys might. Yeah. It's not a new story. It's really uh, like I'll a tell you. Mode. I'll tell you, I'm very happy I waited to purchase a physical copy of the game, um, which I thought about doing mm-hmm. uh, for my Switch, because I have it on PlayStation. I'd like to have it on my Switch. Yeah. Um, uh, and I like getting physical copies of games on Switch, games that I think Megan will play because, uh, or Kate, because Megan and Kate can play it on their Switches. Yeah, yeah. So if I think it can be communal, then I prefer to get the physical copy. Um, but I held, and Shredder's Revenge, they, they were kind of into it, so uh, I wanted to do that. But I held off, and I'm glad I held off because for the same price now, you can purchase the one with the DLC baked in. Nice. But if you bought right. the physical copy in the last year, sorry, out of luck, pay that $8. Yeah. Womp womp. But hey, womp still a great, womp. still a great game. I got, I'm glad I got to play it. Yeah. Oh no, th- this game is still absolutely fantastic. Um, I have no negative things to say about Shredder's Revenge. It's great arcade beat 'em up action that Tons we loved. It's a perfect, a perfect brawler. Fun. Absolutely. Oh yeah, so much fun. Moving so much on fun. from brawlers to monsters. Let's talk about a mobile game, Sparks. Yeah, I'm just going to talk about it real briefly. You guys know I really like the Godzilla Battleline game. I haven't played it as much in the past few months, but when this dropped, I jumped on that month hard um, because of the new Netflix series Gamera was brought to the game. This is the first official crossover experience at all of Gamera and Godzilla. Um, this is wild. I'm really, I'm really stunned this mobile game is doing as well as it is. got to think about all the proper it has now it has shin common rider ultraman gamera evangelion. evangelion and godzilla and it's all here it's all in one place baby um this game continues to be really well done tactically i think the way you build up your monster deck is really well done uh who you have to think about how you prioritize what monsters you need uh how that works for you to be able to protect your main monster um 
it still, I think, is clicking on all the cylinders. The Every time they bring in a new monster, they're very thoughtful about how the monster behaves, what the attacks are. Uh, it, it, I'm truly impressed for a, a free-to-play mobile game, and yes, there are gotcha mechanics. You do have to, like, be wary of them. But um, the general, like, free-to-play stuff of it, I, I do think it's pretty well-designed. Um, unfortunately, probably the best Godzilla game that there is, like, aside from Gigabash with its uh, uh, Godzilla appearances, which is also getting Ultraman in the future, so expect me to talk about Gigabash again. Um, mm. But as far as, like, the deep, deep canon and lore of Godzilla monsters and what you're able to do and what you're able to think about, if you're into this style of game, I highly recommend it, and it's just very, very exciting that Gamera and Godzilla are in one place right now. Hell yeah. That is That is very cool. Moving on to a game that will get DLC for the rest of my life, Mario Kart 8. Yeah, uh, I put this one on there because, in particular because Ryan and I, uh, along with the rest of our house, revisited Mario Kart for the first time since the new DLC maps were added mm -hmm. uh, and Ooh. played a bunch of Mario Kart together, and we had a really great time. Yeah, uh, this game, I understand why they don't need to make a sequel because this game's perfect. Yeah. And if you just it looks uh, it looks great, and there's so there's you'll have more levels to play than you'd ever get to. It's incredible. So inside baseball, do you guys need me to bring my controller so we can play some Mario Kart tonight when I come over so we can watch that movie? Oh, well, well I, I got I got a busy night, so we'll see. We'll see. OK, <laughs> we'll see. This might not no, be the uh, night, but certainly we should do Mario Kart. I would love to. Future. Absolutely. We, sh we should. And also we can. And also we can do it online as well. Uh, but yeah, Mario Kart. Um, when they announced the tracks, because I remember one of my Christmas wishes last year was for a new well, Mario Kart 9 to be announced. Technically, it didn't, but at the same time, I'm like, I'll accept this because 48 brand new tracks. That's Bro, essentially that's a whole. That's new, like that's, that's like two a, games worth of tracks. That's yeah, it's insane. two. It's two games worth of tracks. They're they're still adding characters. Like they're adding Pauline in from this next wave. Then the final wave is coming out in the holiday of this year. Um, we do know one of the tracks. I think it's a Wii track that's coming. Wii. To the, I think so. It's a track from the Nintendo Wii game. Either way. I love that Wii um, game. It's so good. Yeah. Either way, Mario Kart 8 is proving, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe specifically is proving to be the penultimate uh, Mario Kart game. 2017. Just like Super Smash Brothers. It came out in 2017. Because it was a Wii U game. That's so crazy. And then it came over yeah. to Switch. I know, it's and crazy. And now it's got, like, it's, it's truly it's truly wonderful. And, like, I, I'm sure eventually there will be another Mario Kart yeah. game. But it's really, really wonderful how much there is now in this game. They, the, the, the courses, not only are the courses, like, really cool um, from all across the eras of Mario cart that they pulled from for those dlc choices they're also really well recreated yeah um, they are I, I i think they're gorgeous it's really wonderful to be there again whether it's a wii one uh a 64 a gamecube what have you Ooh, it's all fun and it all um, looks and it's good all great yeah mm -hmm. i have a feeling that if they do make it whenever they do make the next mario kart it's probably going to have like hundred uh, like over a hundred tracks it's it, i think i don't um, know if it'll start that way but it definitely will in the long no run. yeah 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 it, it definitely will because mario kart's always been a big money maker for nintendo i mean hell the ride at universal studios is mario kart that's how they they grab people it's not just like a mario dark ride it's like no you're going mario kart irl baby what? have yeah. fun yeah mario kart the game that will live on forever yeah um Mario Kart's just to me is an amazing party game. It's an amazing game just to have fun, play with friends. No, Ben, um, it's called, that's Mario Party. Anyway, no, well, moving it, on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, let's move on, it's Mr. Sparks. Hello. Yes. You and I also played uh, Disney Illusion Island. We played through the first of uh, I think three or four major sections. We fought the first boss. Um, we did this with our with our housemates, uh, my wife and my sister in law. 
Um, this is very charming, very cute, very fun. Uh, kind of in the same realm of what you were saying about the Kirby game, Ben. Um, it's not like too easy or anything. It's just, it's just here. Have some fun with your friends doing multiplayer, doing your stuff. It's very cute. Um, I it's, love the art style the, so much. The concept of the and you can make the challenge harder on yourselves, uh, but in terms of health, um, and you use hugs to heal each other. Oh yeah! Other, if anybody is, ever gets whoa. injured, you hug each other to heal. It's yeah. We were hugging so much. It was so cute. It's it's really cute, and there's just uh, they're very. I love the style. Um, it's very expressive for yeah. the characters, especially especially what you're able to do in terms of video game stuff. Uh, I, I think it's very, very cute uh, in the way that it's designed. And it's it's really nice to just have a cool, well-designed little Disney Mickey and Friends oh. style game. And Ben, you know what type of game it is? Metroidvania. It's a Metroidvania, baby. You got a map, you unlock abilities, you go mm. back to those places to use those abilities. It's great. Yeah. I, nice. could, I honestly, I forgot until you brought it up that we did this. So I'm glad. Yeah, this game is really cool. Yeah, you got some images there. The the first boss, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, the coordination that you can work on and how you're looking out for each other and, and what you're watching out for. Uh, it, it, it's really nice that they did something like this. This is uh this is like the Disney's first like with this this kind of IP Disney like, original game in a long yeah, long yeah. time. And I think it it I think it works. I and, think it works really well. And it's funny. I remember it being funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on to Halloween time. Hey, if you check out this Spooktober channel, you'll see that we played some Evil Dead the game. For everyone but Ryan, this was a first. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's really cool. I think this is a really well-designed game. I obviously, if you watch the stream, I will need to take more time to like learn how to do everything and the mechanics and to utilize the time to the best of my ability. That being said, holy moly, is it like full of love for the franchise. Oh, I really yeah. love the way that... Uh, it doesn't feel too weighted in one direction or another. Uh, I think you have such a wonderful opportunity as a single player to play the evil uh, and the collaboration of the co-op players uh, fighting against it is really cool. And I it just mm -hmm. I, I was nervous about this being too much of a Dead by Daylight clone. And I really think it stands apart um, and, sep it's, and separate as something totally, totally else in the space. Absolutely. Um, this is nothing like Dead by Daylight. Uh, right. And it's incredible. It is. There's a lot of depth to it. And like th th there's like you said, there's so much love. Uh, and if you've seen all the Evil Dead's like you will recognize everything. And like my like I. I play this game by myself just being the... Because uh, I don't like playing like with, with survivors with random people, but playing as the killer is so much fun. Because uh, you, you have the evil dead camera, so you're zooming around. Um, you can sabotage so many things. You can turn one of like the supply chests that they get loot from into mini ashes, which is my favorite thing to do of all time. I love it. Uh, it looks so good. It plays so well. Um, and yeah, so much love. Uh, I wish... The game is already like un like it's already been desupported because not enough people played it, so they're no longer supporting the game, which sucks. But it always will be available to play, uh, you know, as a multiplayer game. Right. Um, this is one of those games that I really wish we all could have played more of, because uh, I I think it's of all the survival type of games we play, I th I think this is the best one. Yeah. I really I think it is like you the teamwork is essential. You cannot you cannot play this game like solo. You have to play it with teammates, or you will get. Murder. No, I'm I'm into like with what amount of time I I will have available in the future and when schedules can align. Yeah. I want to come back to this um, because I do think that this is really lovingly made. I think this is something Ben's going to be more into uh, as he goes through the Evil Dead franchise Absolutely. in the near future. Yeah, I wish I could have got the new the 2023 Evil Dead Rise movie. Uh, or, a little bit of love uh, or the Jane Levy. 
No, she's uh, in it. All of oh, them are in she? it. Oh, is she? Oh, yeah. yeah. All of them are in it. Good, oh, yeah. Good. Not just that, but Ash versus the Evil Dead and characters that yes. never existed, like his dad and like an evil version of him. It's all this great stuff. They have so much good stuff in Evil Dead, the game. Uh, you could buy it for hella cheap now. Uh, so I highly recommend it. There's the Necromancer. He's he's my guy. I love playing as him. Uh, highly recommend Evil Dead, the game, y'all. All right. And that's you, Mr. Sparks Buddies. And now it is going to be an onslaught of me talking, y'all, for a long time. So I need you to ask me questions so I'm not just talking for 30 minutes by myself, please. Because we're moving on right. to a bunch of games that only I played. We're going to start with the worst of them. <laughs> it's Gotham Knights. <laughs> um, I, it took me a long time to play this game because I didn't want to spend $70 on a game that's been getting bad reviews. Uh, so Game Pass, baby. I love Game Pass. Uh, the game's a total solid, like, 7, 7.5 out of 10. Um, it is not a straight-up Arkham game. It is an RPG uh, where gear matters and like you pick up a new chest piece that gives you plus two armor and all that shit but it's not it's not good the gear system is the worst aspect of the game I don't like it I wish it could have just been an Arkham game you play with your friends having it be a co-op uh, Batman game is really really cool and I think the story for the most part is awesome uh, it's just playing the game after a while um when you're playing as these heroes, like, there's a little bit of power fantasy, right? And, like, when you're Batman in those Arkham games, you can beat up, like, 12 dudes really quick. A lot of these, ra like, random thugs have a lot of health. Like, it, they are bullet sponges. They are, they are not bullet sponges. Well, unless you're playing as Jason Todd, because he shoots rubber bullets. But they are, they are sponges to getting hit. So it'll take you a long time to beat just random enemies. And I think that's a detriment to the game. Um, Question. Yes. Do you think this game deserves all the hate it's gotten? Not all of it. But okay. it's, but it... Uh, I think because it was a $70 game, uh, if this game were like $50, maybe, like even 40 but like, I think the story's worth playing again. If you're a comic book fan, there's some really good stuff. Like, I, I got a Court of Owls tattoo. Uh, this, this entire story is about the Court of Owls versus the League of Assassins and their battle for Gotham, now that Batman's dead. And that is an intriguing premise. And Talia al Ghul is a main character, and like, all of these like supplemental characters are get to rise up because Batman's not the main character. And it's really great. It's really great. Uh, some of the story stuff's really impactful. But again, if you look at some of this gameplay, like, it's it's fine. And, like, when you have to play a game for 30 hours, fine gameplay just isn't enough anymore. Um, so, like, again, I wouldn't have bought this game for $70, but I'm glad I played it on Game Pass. Uh, and I didn't, I, did all, I didn't do all the side quests, but I did all the major side quests with, like, Mr. Freeze, Clayface, Harley Quinn. And they're fine. Uh, Harley Quinn's probably the best of them. She's the only one with a personality. Like, Clayface and Mr. Freeze are, like, really reduction, re reductionary characters. Like, Mr. Freeze's whole thing is, I want to turn Gotham into as cold as my heart is, just because I'm evil. Mm. And I'm like, what? what happened to the nuance of this character? But regardless, um, it's worth playing if you can get it for, like, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. Like, it's worth that. Uh, it is, don't pay don't pay a lot of money for this game, y'all. Uh, right. If you are a completionist, it's worth playing. But if you don't, really care that much about Batgirl or Nightwing, uh, you should, because they're great. Uh, but if you don't care about them, then you're not really going to miss out, I don't think. Sure. Uh, moving on to a game we will all play, hopefully, in the future, is Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, we've all completed Mortal Kombat 11. That mm -hmm. game's great. Mortal Kombat 1 is here. It is a reboot. Uh, and, y'all, it's a winner. Hot dog, it's a winner. Uh, the gameplay I is... I think this footage is from Mortal Kombat 11. Oh no! I put this was supposed to be with Sparks Mini. Hey, let's yeah. talk about. Well, we played Mortal Kombat we played 11. We played Mortal Kombat 11. The only thing that really matters is that you need to know that we played through it, and uh, you can check it out over on Basement Arcade. All of the initial campaign is up, and Aftermath is coming out uh, 
in the coming weeks mm -hmm. of November. So go ahead and check that out as we build our way up to Mortal Kombat 1. Um, it was a ton of fun. We had a great time playing through the campaign together. So Mortal Kombat 11, there you go. Good eye, Ben. Thank you. I don't know if I have footage from Mortal Kombat 1, so we'll see in this in these trailer lists. We're going to move on, though, uh, to one of the big, besides Zelda, the, the big game of the year that I played first, uh, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, I haven't beaten it yet because it's long and 17 other games came out at the same time. Uh, yeah. This game has the highest highs of any game I played this year, without a doubt. The 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 icon fights, the the giant titan fights, are are like movie quality cinematic. Like I cannot high believe, high. Uh, huh? High high high, high 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 high. Like truly high. Like like you are doing like Godzilla battles, uh, but you are playing the game and you and you still dodge and everything. Like it's it's phenomenal. Uh, it is very, it is the criticism himself. It is based off Game of Thrones. Like, it is very much dark fantasy. Uh, this is the first M-rated Final Fantasy game. Uh, the story is great. The, 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 the dialogue is really great. Like, uh, the voice acting is phenomenal. The thing that really gets me about this game is, like, in between the highs, it's goddamn boring. Uh, and it bums me out because Creative Business Unit 3, the creators of this game, they make Final Fantasy XIV the MMO. And if you guys have played MMOs, uh, it's not like traditional games like it's a little slower paced, you know, like uh, uh, like the combat isn't as fast The side quests are a little more uh, 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 Relaxing, you know, like get five wolf teeth or collect this berry for me, right? There was a lot of that in between the highs of this game and it lost me uh, and that's why I haven't gone back um, And that's just the thing where like I don't have to do all those side quests, but it's been it's an RPG You know, like you want to level mm -hmm. up and you want to get better gear like that's the point of side quests, right? But like like eight out of the ten side quests, I just find utterly boring. Sure. And like, no matter how like well written they are, like it's like I'm delivering food to people for like the fourth time, and I'm just like, boy, howdy! I'm, aren't I supposed to be like saving the world and ending slavery? That's tough. It's it's like <laughs> it's like really like it's a really like dark and like like mature game. Like it is about it is about people who can wield magic being used as slaves, and it is very blatant using like the terms master and slave, and it is very it is very in your face about like how bad some of these people can get. And like I really respect the game for going that hard. It doesn't shy away from like mass murder and like genocide and like really really like scary topics while being in Final Fantasy. So I highly I love the game for that and I respect it for that. And again, like some of these icon fights are like holy shit! I cannot believe. I'm doing this but the couple hours in between those moments i'm just like yawn 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 um and mm -hmm. i will get back to the game and i might just start skipping side quests i might turn the difficulty down so i can just do the story sure but uh god like the highs of this game like i long to return to it but i just know there's some shit i gotta get through uh and mm -hmm. i know some people are less critical on that and I know there's people that are way more critical than me who like straight up hate the side stuff so sure. like it is gonna be like uh like uh, 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 it's gonna vary depending on the person, but um, the highs at least are worth it, and I will complete this game by the end of the year. But just so many other games came out. Um, do you have any questions, Ben? Before I move on to this one, I just uh, I want this game so bad. Yeah, I mean, like I like I'm looking at the copy that my beautiful friend Sparks here let me borrow. So like it, I I got other games to play. Maybe you could borrow, but like but you won't play it for six months. Hey so there. Oh no, MK1. I I want to I want to own it. No, I, I want to own it. Okay. I want that I want that steelbook, baby. Have you seen that steelbook? It is gorgeous. I have. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on from Final Fantasy 16 to uh, I wouldn't call it a game of the year contender, but just an incredible game nonetheless. It's Mortal Kombat One. Uh, great story. Uh, the ending is the craziest ending in any MK game, and it's really divided the fan base because, like, without spoilers, 
we are in a phase of entertainment where the multiverse is a very big idea. Mm -hmm. And this game straight up leans into a lot of that stuff. And some people just aren't into it. I'm kind of into it. It's really going to depend on like, again, like what are you feeling at this time and moment in, in entertainment history? Um, but uh, story aside, this is a fighting game and this is the best fighting game they've made of the trilogy uh, from nine or even, yeah, nine, 10, 11, and now one of uh, the quadrilogy. That's an alien, alien thing. Quadrilogy is not a word. Uh, this is absolutely the best gameplay. It feels so good. It is so tight. Uh, it looks so good. The animations are rock solid. The cameo system like reinvents the game and it allows you to like basically make the perfect like fighting character that you want because some characters you know are ranged characters some characters are like really close-up characters so you use the cameo characters to supplement that so like if you're playing as like uh Raiko, who's like a melee guy you can have the cameo of scorpion to do this the scorpion thing to bring enemies closer to you or teleport you right it really reinvents what you can do in a fighting game mm -hmm. uh and it's it's exceptional like i love playing the game um the stuff surrounding it the microtransactions are awful like paying $12 for a fatality for a $70 game is like is is, is robbery in my opinion like sure. the Halloween stuff is so expensive um but like you you can ignore that stuff right like it's not necessary to the game um right. but like this invasion mode it's okay like I spent like six hours beating it uh because you know I'm still I'm still fighting it's still a fighting game but like it's not the open world like MK deception thing everyone expected it to be. It's kind of like a kind of like a boring board game. Sure. Uh, but mm -hmm. that being said, this is still a fighting game first and foremost. It and gave me a lot of um, Budokai uh, mm. Two yes, vibes. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes, that is a, actually a very Budo good equivalent. Budokai Two, where you did like the boo stuff for the first time, and they structured it as a board game to get to each fight. Absolutely, that is yeah. a, that is an actually cool. incredible comparison. Yeah. Um, and just like the other MK games, like the online stuff, like oh, like this mode like oh there's gonna be things firing at you or your enemy has twice as much health so like you know like uh different combat things to make it more challenging with each subsequent mission in this big board game thing uh but uh, the story again like mk1 like the mk games have been known for their stories and like this is a great story up until like i would say nine tenths of the story is like incredible and then that final section it's either you you're with it or you're not uh, and, I, and I'm with it. Uh, and I cannot wait for us to play it because, like, it is the most cinematic of these games. Like, at times when you're watching the cutscenes, it, it's a movie. Like, the way the camera works, it is the absolute, the best, like, the, the best shot of these games. So, like, I'm so excited for us to eventually play it. Uh, I love Mortal Hell Kombat. Yeah. I played a little bit of this when I went to Player One in Las Vegas because they had it up on the TV and it was fantastic. Oh, sweet. Sure. Hell yeah. I didn't know. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, Ben, let's talk about Starfield. Starfield, mm. the game I've not played. No, 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 I know. Uh, I was really, really, really excited for Starfield. And uh, if I hadn't have played No Man's Sky, I might like it more. Sure. But um, it is still a Bethesda-ass game. If you're looking at the gameplay, Bethesda is known for, during their cutscenes, they will just zoom in on a character's face, and it's just a it's a one-on-one -on -one confrontation, and it's not cinematic. Uh, the dialogue's fine. I don't have any of the dialogue. Uh, I wouldn't say it's like, it's like extraordinary, like another game we'll talk about, Baldur's Gate. Uh, but it's good. It's serviceable, right? Um, the NASA punk aesthetic is really cool. I really like how I, I like how realistic they wanted to make the game. On the flip side of that, uh, the customization options aren't very strong because every character has like the same type of like NASA suit because they're going for a realism. You can't have crazy space outfits sure. like a Guardians of the Galaxy, mm -hmm. right? It's all right. it's all realistic. And again, like that's the aesthetic they the aesthetic they chose, and and it it works well. It's just I found it limiting compared to a lot of the fantasy games and like post apocalyptic games where you can be a lot of different wild things. Um, right. 
The gameplay, it's totally fine. It's a first-person shooter. Uh, the RPG elements are good. If you played a Bethesda game, like it is, it is the standard Bethesda stuff, and it is. It's stuff that has worked for 25 years, but again, we're at a point now in 2023 on the on like hardcore next gen systems where like your type of game for me now isn't enough. This is a conversation I had earlier with like Fallout 4. Like some people, that was the, that was the line. Like Fallout 4, this is the last one. Like this, I will play. Now I'm here at Starfield, going, all right, guys, you really gotta you gotta make these games better. Like it, it feels like a 360 game at times. Sure. Um, it's just so it, like it feels just like uh, what's the word like static it's very static there's a lot of menu Are, options you feel like you feel the years of development on it yeah and like other games like take a long time like i look at another game we'll talk like spider-man 2 i could see the years in that like i i kind of i can't see why this game took eight years to make to be honest like and the, the physics are great you can have like a thousand potatoes flying through space and all the gravity works you go to different planets they all simulate a gravity all of that stuff works all the simulated like world stuff that bethesda's good at is really great it's just like y'all make the same game for 25 years you gotta do more you gotta do new shit the perk system sucks if you want to play like a stealth game you have to put points into other aspects to like oh i want a silenced pistol why wouldn't it be in the silence option it's in the assault like assault category so you have to spec in a different way like it's just it's it's they're, they're past the point of, like, y'all got to be better about this type of shit. And a lot of people, again, love this type of game. This is a lot of people's game of the year because, like, this is all they want from a Bethesda game. But at this point, for me, I need y'all to evolve. I need y'all to evolve. Mm -hmm. So I had a good time with it, but this is probably the first Bethesda game I'm not going to beat, which is crazy to say because, again, I go to Skyrim. I go back to Skyrim every year. I love that game. Mm -hmm. uh, but moving on from Starfield, I wish I loved you more, baby. Spider-Man 2. I because we're, because we're recording this late I probably wouldn't have played Spider-Man 2 but recording a little late I got the Spider-Man 2 thank yeah. you to Sparks again because uh, I'm a broke ass bitch um, hey y'all <laughs> this is probably the best playing game of the year mm. uh, the the everything you love about Spider-Man and Miles Morales is better everything the combat the the traversal the the way side quests are introduced uh, the way the cinematics go straight from gameplay into into cinematics back in the gameplay it's seamless there are no loading screens there are no it is the power of the ps5 y'all this is like one of the first true next gen games like final fantasy 16 and this are like okay this could never run on a ps4 this would make your ps4 explode uh the way that you seamlessly you will be doing a section like we kind of saw the, the e3 demo where you do the lizard stuff right uh -huh. you will be seamlessly playing a spider-man which will turn into a cutscene with miles involved which will turn into you playing as miles and back and forth and it's just like wow this is why we need to advance technology so shit like this can exist this is the like one of the most cinematic games i've ever played the story i'm not going to go into it at all but i was disappointed with some of the story i don't think it's it's for me it's probably the weakest core story the side stuff is incredible this has the best side stuff in any of the three games but the core story you know you're dealing with craven you're dealing with venom that stuff it has a lot to be desired especially if you read comics if you don't read comics you'll probably be fine but if you know what you could have this has a lot to be desired y'all um but but again this is a video game and playing the game is oh my god it's so good i cannot wait for you guys to play it it feels so good like 
the city is twice as big and the and the web wings allow you to fly so fast and every time you upgrade you get like sh faster swings faster like point boost when you land on a spot you can jump off of it there are now like special abilities in midair where you like miles can use his electricity to like springboard himself in midair uh, it's incredible. The fact that, like, Miles has become, like, this electric-based superhero, not just in the, in the, uh, games, but in the comics, where he's, like, wielding, like, like, electricity swords. Like, he's become an anime character. It's exceptional. <laughs> the, the character growth of Miles is so cool. I'm gonna be honest, I play, I, I only played as Miles when I, if I had the choice between two, I played as Miles. Because, if you see here, Peter Parker is now only tech. He has the iron spider legs, and that is, like, that is what he uses. They have trimmed down. Do you guys remember the gadget wheel from yeah. the two? They got rid of yeah. that. They got rid of that. They have got rid of a lot of the the tech from the first game, and that really bums me out. Playing as Peter Parker, you also get the symbiote suit. So like, that's not a spoiler here. When you get the symbiote suit, that's when it really opens up. But when you're just Peter Parker and you have the iron spider legs, it's I I'm not digging it. it, it it's a it's a great to play. Like it's still fun to play, but like. They took away so much of that first game of, of like, allowing you to be the type of Spider-Man you want. Now you are tech Spider-Man, whether you like it or not. And I, you know, people have a problem with, with Iron Man, Spider-Man in the movies. That's who this is. Um, so that's up to you whether you like it or not. Like, you know, it's still, it's still fundamentally, like, a good game and, like, good gameplay. It's just I really wish they wouldn't have leaned so hard into the tech. It is to differentiate him and Miles because you don't want them playing the same. I get that. But boy, howdy, like... You can go invisible. You can do so much electronic shit. And, like, Peter's just like, yeah, I'm going to hit you with my arms a lot. And I'm like, wow, I don't care. Do not care. Uh, but it's so good. It's still such a great game. Uh, I love playing it. I platinumed it in about 30 hours. It is not bloated. It is, like, a it is a perfectly sized game. Like, this could have lasted so long and so many menial side quests that don't matter. All the side quests feel important. I, the side quests made me cry. Two side quests made me cry in this game, y'all. It's the real deal. It's so good. The villain stuff is exceptional. The way that they deal with the past villains is really fun. I cannot wait for you guys to play Spider-Man 2. It is, it is a winner. It's a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Spoiler alert, the Mary Jane section in this game are awesome. That's all I'm going to say about that. Shut up, nerds on the internet. That's awesome. I'm really <laughs> excited to do it. Uh, I cannot wait to play Spider-Man 2. And this, I just, this will be the last game I talk and about. And we'll definitely be reviewing it in the, in the near future. Absolutely, hopefully. The last game I'm going to talk about, y'all, is my game of the year. There's not, it's unquestionably, uh, unless I get to Alan Wake 2 soon. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is not just game of the year. Um... It's one of the greatest games ever made, like truly. And in a year, you know, when you get God of War and you get Spider-Man and stuff like you hear that a lot. But like Baldur's Gate 3 is such a special experience. Like this is like a once in like in a generation, more than like a Zelda type of game, because this is an independent studio who they people think that uh, Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons and Dragons went to them for this game. That's not true. Uh, Larian Studios went to the D&D people and say, hey, can we buy the license so we can make the best D&D game ever made? And they did it. Uh, this is a multi-hundred-hour experience. We're talking, if you do, if you try to do multiple playthroughs and see everything, we're talking like 300 hours of scripted content. There are 200 hours of cutscenes in this game. 200! And it's all Holy voice acted. Shit. It's all voice acted. It is not Starfield where you're staring at someone. It is all mo-capped. It is all people in studios. This game took six years to make. It is, it's like... It is. It, it cannot be the gold standard for video games because it is. It is unrealistic to expect this from other game studios. It is. It is an exceptional product from top to bottom. If you love D and D, it is just literally D and D five e. Every every there are six hundred spells in this game. I can lift off a bunch of like impressive numbers, like you know this and this and this. It's like 
the fact that it all comes together, like you can have all the shit in the game, and like in, it's, that's Starfield. Starfield has five hundred things you can right. It all comes together so seamlessly into an experience that is unrivaled. It is the as someone who loves and worships RPG games that allow you to have creative choice and freedom, I have never played a game like this, you guys. And you've you've experienced just a little bit of it, that like yes. when um when we had a household playthrough for just like only twenty hours, right? Only twenty hours we played together, which scratched the surface of this game, by the way. That was still in Act One. Um, the arcs of these games for these characters are they're 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 more special than some TV shows I've watched, y'all. Like like we play so many video games where like the stories are good, but like. I don't connect with a lot of video game stories the way I connect with movies and TV shows because there's just a little bit of disconnect whether it's the voice acting or it's the mocap and it's a little wonky. This is like I'm playing a TV show, y'all. Like, it is it is so exceptional. I cannot praise this game enough. It is, Ben, of any game I've ever wanted you to play, this is the one, dude. Like, this is the one? This, I... like, seriously, like, this is like, this like this is like a revolutionary, game-changing game where, like, I can't go back to RPGs ever, like, the same. Like, the things that they've done, like, again, I talked about it, er like, way earlier, talking about Bulls Gate and Starfield, like... You make a choice at the beginning of this game that has ramifications to the very end. And not in like a telltale way where like it's the illusion of choice. You kill a major character at the beginning of the game that has ramifications to the end of the game. And it's just like, I don't, I don't know how this game works. And it's as polished as it is. Like it's not mm -hmm. totally bug free. Like a game this big has bugs. But like I've had more bugs in Spider-Man. And I, I Spider-Man 2, I had a couple crashes. I fell through the world. There's there's the great white cube thing that's happening, right? Like, mm -hmm. this game is, like, flawless. Um, and it's so, it's so exceptional. And it's so beautiful. And, like, this game has made me cry multiple times. And, like, I care about these characters, like, in a way, like, I again, like, like more than TV characters. Like, uh, an event happened in my camp way into Act 2, like, 80 hours into my campaign. And this isn't a spoiler because, like, you guys will never get here. Um, cause like if you ever played the game, but like, uh, there's a, there's a villain, her name's Orin and she's a shapeshifter, right? And she is constantly fucking with you throughout the, in the entire second act where she will be pretending to be someone else. And then she'll snap her neck right in front of you. And then she'll turn into herself saying, ha, gotcha. Right. This happened at my camp and she's, and she turned into one of my other camp members and she killed another one of my camp members in front of me. And I was I was so mad. I, I've never been more mad in my life at like a video game. And like, it's like like The Last of Us, and they just killed a major character. Like, how, are you mm -hmm. are you kidding me? And it turned out to be an illusion, and it wasn't real. And she's like, ha, I got you. I bet you were bad. I'm like, bitch. I've never been more mad in my life. Um, I it is it, the emotions I feel during this game are unlike any game I've ever played. And again, I've played pretty much every big RPG you could play. Mass Effect Two is my favorite game of all time, and like. And, like, that game came out, like, 13 years ago. Because not many games can do what old Bioware used to do. New Bioware can't even do what old Bioware used to do. Like, Knights of the Old Republic and shit, right? This is, this is the, the, this is, like, the, the new king. Like, Larian Studios, like, this isn't their first CRPG. They've made a Divinity Original Sin, which is a similar game, but, but lower in scope. This game, like, I really, I'm going to stop talking now, because I could play this game literally for, <laughs> for the rest of my life. But, like, if you guys have not played Baldur's Gate 2, and you are at the least a little bit interested, you will love it. Like, there is, if you don't Baldur's like... Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's, what did I say? You said 2. Oh, uh, Baldur's, Baldur's Gate 3. Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, Baldur's Gate 2 came out 20 years ago. Uh, <laughs> made by Bioware. Uh, if you have never played an RPG before, this is, it, like... It, it is so complicated, but they guide you through it. Like, if you're interested in Dungeons and Dragons, this is the best way to introduce yourself to it. Because again, it has every spell. It teaches you about bonus actions and and like and and regular actions and and hiding and stealth. Really feels like it's brought 
the tabletop engagement to a video game properly. Yes, it is like it is straight up like oh my god like. They're doing is, it. They're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like and, and again, I've played so many Dungeons and Dragons games, and like this, this is just that. And but I'm in a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, as you guys know. I'm in yeah. D and Dark. Yeah. And just I've been seeing, um, I've been seeing memes. I've been seeing clips. Uh, I've been seeing people constantly talk about this game. Like even uh, Grayson, a uh, friend of the show, uh-huh. also he plays in uh, Jack the Invisible Man in my campaign. He just got Baldur's Gate 3. And our DM, Dan, uh, the Vis- um, the Wolfman, Jordan, and a few other of our cast members all joked at Grayson's like, hey, say goodbye to your social life because you're just going to play Baldur's Gate 3 all day. Yo, it's a good thing I already don't have a social life because, like, good God, I would have, I really would have vanished. Um, Every turn, like, like, this game, again, like, I'm, like, 80 hours in and I'm now in Act 3. And I'm like, this game is still surprising me. And I, 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 I don't understand how. I really don't. There's so much content. And there's so much content that I've missed because, again, I'm doing an evil playthrough. So the actual, like, regular playthrough, there's so many characters who are dead. Major characters, big things, like dozens of hours of content. And I'm still totally fulfilled with what I've done. Right. And I can play this game. I can play, not only do you create your own character, and do whatever you want. You can play as all of the original characters in the game, like Lazel, Asterian, all these guys that are like on the cover, and they have their own unique storylines and dialogue with the other characters. There's like, there's more dialogue. Oh, they said there's more dialogue in this game than all three Lord of the Rings books combined. There's more like the word count is in is in the millions. Um, again, it's like the most exceptional game I've ever played in my life. Like truly, it's like if I didn't care about RPGs, I wouldn't feel this way. But like like this this is like wow i don't know how i'm gonna go back to like a bethesda game ever again man right. like this is what <laughs> killed starfield for me honestly sure. uh it's in, it's sensational and it's like it's a whirlwind and like every five minutes something new happens and again being a D- dungeons and dragons oh there's a dead body you could talk to the dead body and you can find stuff about it or you can learn stuff about it or there's a small hole you could turn yourself into an animal and go and crawl in that hole like you don't if the option is there you could do it and it matters uh, and it's just, bro, it's the greatest game ever made. Uh, I, I don't know what, what will beat it in my lifetime, bro. Cause like, I, I, the, this is my dream game. My other dream game is like an, is like the best open world survival zombie game. And I play a lot of those games. I'm like, I've been playing State of Decay and Seven Days to Die and Daisy, all these games. Cause I want that, like, I want to be able to survive in a zombie apocalypse. And none of them have given me that true experience that I've always wanted. Sure. This has given me that D&D experience that I've always wanted. Sure. And I thank you, Larian Studios, and I will praise this game until the day I die. Will I get a tattoo? You bet your ass. I'm really happy for you <laughs> and for my sister-in-law. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Our, our roommate, Kate, who who isn't much of a gamer, has put more time into it than I have because uh, she's a D&D person. And like us just having conversations like, oh, I did this differently? I didn't even know if this could happen. You killed this person? What? It's uh, it's like, oh, also, it's the horniest game ever made. These people are just fucking left and right. I'm not even joking like you, you and once you get like a girlfriend or boyfriend you can just go up to him and say hey can i have a kiss and you can just kiss them at any time you want and can i have a hug it's just great it's like it's the ultimate role play fantasy uh and i could not be happier lazelle was my girlfriend and then i cheated on her out of out of passion and she left me and it made me cry uh because that's what you get for being a dickhole don't cheat even in video games y'all that's yeah. it that's Baldur's gate 3 and i want to I want to play this game so bad now. That's all. Okay. I just, I just know it's gonna suck my time away. Cause I, even when I was playing Tears of the Kingdom, and I was looking at all the other games that were coming out, like you know Final Fantasy, um, Spider-Man Two, and now Baldur's Gate Three. It's like 
This get, this year is too much. Oh, Ben, you can but play the, the same. Oh, also, this 300-hour RPG, you can play split-screen with your friends. It's split-screen, and it's four-player co-op, Ben. You can play this game with Fanny. And you can have your own relationships, and, like, when it's split-screen, and you have a convers and you start a conversation, you just go up to the other character, and you say, watch, and it turns into the full screen, and you just watch them having their interaction. It is seamless. It is incredible. It is the best co-op, it is the best Dungeons & Dragons game ever made. Like, if Elden Ring had a story, that's what this game would be. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I wish there was the room and opportunity for a fake nerd's Baldur's Gate campaign where the It would take us, us three years to complete it. Together. Like, it, would take, it would take a long time, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it's yeah. Baldur's Gate three is great. Uh, that's I, I I the only game that I haven't you know, played if this we started, year. If we started now, we might be able to finish for the tenth anniversary. That's so funny. <laughs> the only game that I wasn't able that I because it literally came out uh, yesterday is Alan Wake two, and that is besides Baldur's Gate three the game I am most looking forward to, and it has been getting the most insane reviews. Uh, I'm truly excited. I'll definitely be talking about that uh, uh, next Q one next time. Yeah, Q four. Yeah, this is Q four. I thought. No, we're in Q three. No, we're Q3. Oh, we're late. Oh, we're late. That's right. Well, we'll talk about this in, like, in fucking yeah, yeah. March or whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah. tr truly wonderful. I'm really glad you've gotten to play so much, so many things and that they've been so so good to you. Best best, best year of games ever made. Best year. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Video games are great, you yeah. guys. Let me Video tell you. Really Let good. me tell you. Video games are great. And with that, I think that'll do it for this episode of The Quarterly. So now we can all go play video games now. Is, sure. there, is there anything uh, you know we're looking forward to video game-wise in the in the upcoming well, time period? Only obviously Alan, only Alan Wake uh, is left for me. Yeah, obviously Ben's got um, Spider-Man 2 uh, <laughs> on his... his uh, radar. Yeah, radar. Spider-Man, Mario Wonder, Sonic Superstars, although so Superstars, I'll probably wait till that goes on like on sale, sale, because I've heard, I mean, the game is good, but I've also heard there's like a little, eh, to it. Uh, all, I've, um, all I've heard uh, is good things, except the multiplayer is terrible, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I also heard that's that. I've, that's heard that. That. I've, I've heard, heard that I've heard like the game design, and it's like, you're going to have a ton of fun playing these levels. You, you're really going to enjoy it. Don't play it with friends. So weird. Um, it's no. not well designed for that. Don't play it with no. friends. Which is a real no, bummer because I was looking forward to us playing it together, and that's yeah. Not, that, that's However, not like Mario Wonder, that. Mario Wonder, on the other hand, that's like play with friends. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mario Wonder, Sonic Superstars, Final Fantasy 16, Baldur's Gate 3. Now, you know, it's just all these Jedi Survivor, fantastic. Morales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see of Stars. Even that's even on my hard drive. It's like I want again to see Star Ocean Second Story R, the remake of that. Star Ocean Masterpiece is coming out, or already did come out. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, 2023 is the year of the video game. So many fantastic games. Like, we all thought that, okay, everyone could go home again the year of Zelda. And then Final Fantasy 16 was like, hold my beer. Starfield was like, hold my beer. Now, Boulder Gates 3 is like, all you bitches need to hold my it's, beer. It's, it's really exceptional because, yeah, like, I was so confident that, like, no, Zelda is a lock. Uh, and I don't. I don't know if Final Fantasy 16, uh, despite the highs, I don't know if, the, if like, the lows will still give it that that like game of the year content like number one it is a contender though and spider-man's contender starfield is a contender for yeah. a lot of people spider-man alan wake like i've never been so unsure of what like the lock is except for Baldur's gate 3 i would say well okay i'm biased lock right now zelda yeah but Baldur's gate 3 could take it I would be surprised if Spider-Man 2 takes it. I would be surprised if Spider-Man 2 takes it just because... I would say Dark Horse nomination would obviously be Sea of Stars. Um, but just that's just going off on what people have said about the I'll, game. I'll tell you what. Uh, 
the game of the year is Baldur's Gate 3. It, like, it, whether you like it or not, like, there is no other game that does what it does because both Spider-Man and Zelda are working off previously established things I mean, and rehashing right. things. I think Baldur's Gate 3 is original right. shit. I think in a similar way of when we talked about, like, Elden Ring was obviously game of the year. Yes. Um, but when we were talking around that, what we were saying is, like, the thing is, like, regardless of anything else, Elden Ring has changed the way people are going to think about open world games. Mm, yeah. And mm -hmm. Baldur's Gate 3 certainly has changed the way people are going to think about role-playing games. Absolutely. Like, there's no going back now from Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, you know, like video games are now going to be looking to it, not necessarily to emulate entirely no. everything that it did, yeah. but they're going to say things worked here that didn't exist in the space before. And we have to think about how mm -hmm. integration and innovation has to be applied from Baldur's Gate three going forward. Yeah. And like the only other game that's kind of in that same ballpark of what we're talking about is, is tears of the kingdom and tears of the kingdom is because it's pushing game innovation forward yeah. in a big way. But the thing is like, Baldur's Gate 3 is just such a massive undertaking, whereas Tears of the Kingdom is like, yes, there's game innovation built upon the breath this, of the wild. Yes. Um, Baldur's yeah. Gate 3 is so new yeah. and so dense that I think it probably does take it because it is changing the future of video games. Yeah. And I think Tears of the Kingdom is too. I think those two... Absolutely. The others are great games. Those two are the ones that, from this year, I think are changing the future of video games. Yeah. But Baldur's Gate 3, I think, is going to be more seminal. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Oh, but. also Alan Wake 2 in the way that it uses multimedia because there's a lot of live action footage in that game seamlessly like you'll be walking in a forest and then live action Alan Wake will show up and I'm like, what the fuck? It's awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. Like, what are you doing here? I'm riding off of, you know, Stephen King. All right. Lovely oh, chat. Lovely. I, I'm always happy to talk about games with my bros. Not that we can't talk about it in other oh, places, yeah. but like dedicated video game stuff. Like I... Like I, you know, I love I love movies, comics, TV shows, but like I'm just I'm in Mr. Video Games right now. Like right now, I am all about video games. It's just because again, the year is just it's so good. It's, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful medium and a wonderful space to occupy for yeah. sure. Yeah, and also the games that we've been eating well, we're not well. We've been eating fantastic. Oh my god, it's the greatest buffet of Mark. all time. Since July, not July, since January. I was gonna say yeah, there's been banger. Hi Fi Rush, baby. Yeah, since January, gamers of January of this year, it's been just been banger after banger did, after banger after did, banger. Did any of the big ones you feel like maybe we did we didn't name them, but like did do you think any of the big ones like that were anticipated it came out and it just like it dudded? It's Redfall. It's Redfall. Redfall is the sure. only one. Redfall is like is is it makes me sad because that studio Arcane they made Dishonored no, and Deathloop. Really wanted it at one point. Uh, De Deathloop, excuse me. Uh, those games are exceptional, and Redfall is just not a good game. You know, there's some other things you still got on the table, actually, now that I think about it. What? Space Marine 2. Is that coming this year? Mm, it was supposed to. Oh, my God. Yes, Unless thank you. Yes. Yeah, I am so and, excited uh, for Space Marine Hell, 2. Helldivers 2 is also just around the corner into the beginning of next year. That's true. I am, I am, I am excited for that game, too. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, man, what a good. And it, again, like because of the pandemic, like so many big games like have been taking so long to get here, and like mm -hmm. we are seeing the fruits of all that all that labor happening over the next two years. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be next year is also gonna be wild. Yeah, yeah, Hell it yeah. truly. It, I mean, it truly is. I can't remember. I can't remember another year of video games where we've had just this, this quality content where the game of the year, or not just the game of the year, but just games as a whole because even we had some great remasters earlier this year metroid prime remastered came out it was a shadow drop dead space and it was what's up dead space, dead oh, space. Yeah. the dead, dead space, space remake 2023 that was this year yeah dead resident evil dead. 4 potential Res game of the year nominee yeah oh my god i forgot about it's a Arden good 4. year man 
I mean, because RE4 is on my Amazon wish list because it's like that's my favorite Resident Evil game. I love that game. And that and game's a winner. Yeah, that game's good. The thing is, yeah, man, it's, the thing it's is winner. man, you know, you know, that one will go on sale soon. Like, oh, you yeah, can yeah. Hold, I, you can, I do know that you one. You can hold off until you're ready to play it. <laughs> I can't. Just I can't. On sale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but the thing is, I, I mean, I've joked with other guests about how too many games. Well, when we say too many games, we're just it's like an exasperated size. Like there's just too many games. We don't have enough hours in a day. We're adults. We have working jobs. We're tired. Sure. All of these things just come together. But with this conversation, when I say there's too many games, I mean it in the best way possible, yeah. because we do have there is a plethora of choice. Mm-hmm. With fantastic titles, uh, not just on one like one or two systems, be it the PS5 or or the Nintendo Switch, but even on PC. Of course, you have the Xbox with with their bangers of Hi-Fi Rush, and I'll even argue Starfield is a big hit for them. Oh yeah, and there is just so many. There is just so much good. There's hardly and like the only two, the only three bad games I could think about right now are Redfall, Gollum, and King Kong. Oh, but oh, those games Gollum. aren't big games either those are exactly they're not big <laughs> games Red, Redfall, of them Redfall, Redfall. I think to Ryan's credit Redfall was the one that was like you know people were hot and hyped for and, and it landed badly yeah. King Kong and, I mean, and Gollum kind of everybody saw the writing on the wall yeah yeah but then of course it's like Baldur's Gate 3 Tears of the Kingdom yeah, yeah. Spider-Man 2 yeah. uh, 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 Mario Wonder it's just I think, bangers I think even just like obviously the PlayStation 5 is the most direct and overt mm-hmm. uh, example of this but I think we're we're really seeing a lot of the the next generation of games is actually coming to full fruition right now. Um, like we mm-hmm. were supposedly living in the next generation for the past couple of years, but because again, because of the pandemic, now we are living in that next generation. We're really seeing it and it's pushing things forward into yet another generation. Starfield was September's highest selling game. Uh, and Microsoft's Xbox division reported 3.9 billion in revenue. It's the largest Q1 for its gaming ever. There you go. Nice. Yeah, Starfield sold millions of copies. There's a lot and to look forward to. And then Tears did the same thing, and then Spider Man did the same All thing. All of them. Like, apparently, ev- Spider Man 2 broke a bunch of records for its first release. Oh, yeah. Got, oh, it's like $2.5 million in 24 hours. 2.5 million sales. Baldur's Gate 3 also like crushed. Yeah. And they didn't expect oh, yeah. it to either. And like that's, oh, I'm so happy for that team. Um, that first weekend, I mean, the amount of people playing was insane. It was almost a million. Yeah. Uh,. Like one of my favorite YouTubers, Draw the Completionist, for him, Sea of Stars is game of the year. I was just watching. But I know I, yeah, yeah. I know I keep mentioning Sea of Stars and I haven't played it yet, but it's just one of those games where I hope that this is like the big indie hit like Hades was. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. It, People love that game. Yeah, yeah. 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 So it's, yeah, just amazing titles, amazing games. Gamers are eating so healthy right now. And. Well, I'm probably I, I'm not actually, for the... but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of quality of games to play, oh, 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 oh my it's, bad, it's my bad. Sure, sure. <laughs> no, I can only imagine how many people, how many gamers have a have a plate full of Tortitos pizza rolled ready to go. I don't know. Yeah, but other than that, this is just a fantastic. And how about we stop so we can go back to playing our video games? Sounds Hell good. yeah, baby! All right, well, everyone, that will do it for Q3. I know we're a little late. Yeah. But Q3 of the Base Arcade Quarterly for 2023 is officially done. Gentlemen, where can people find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me just loving video games everywhere at DJ Tony Snark all over the internet. Uh, you can find me um, 
in all the Spooktober gaming that we did, and I highly recommend you checking out on Basement Arcade. Oh, yeah. Uh, things that are coming up, more Mortal Kombat, Scott Pilgrim, because the anime's coming out, the Scott Pilgrim game is on our docket to do, uh, and hopefully a couple of other special things we want to do uh, to wrap out the year for Basement Arcade, or even into next year, so please check those out. Uh, you can find me at Sparks Witty on those things, at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And, of course, you can find me at BenMagnet27, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com. And also, just to like a little uh, uh, teaser, because for the November issue of Old School Gamer Magazine, I have two big articles in there. One of them I'm very excited about because it's a in-depth look at Boss Fight Books, which is the latest episode of Basement Arcade Pause Menu. I got to sit down and talk with the founder and editor-in-chief of Boss Fight, Gabe Durham. That was a great episode, and also it was a really fun article to write. The oral article in there is about indie game developers who are making retro-style video games and putting them on physical cartridges in today's day and age. So they are fighting the good fight. Oh, yeah. Super proud of those articles. Definitely check out that issue of Old School Gamer. It's the November issue, so keep an eye out for that. Um, and, of course, Fusion Gaming Magazine, go Nintendo.com. Still writing for those guys. Absolutely love doing that for them. And if you want more D&D goodness, check me out on D&D Dark, where I play Mary Frankenstein. And also, we have a Patreon for D&D Dark. And our first part of our Call of Cthulhu Do special just dropped, because that is a Patreon exclusive. We dropped the first one for you guys. You know, the little carrot, little so you guys can listen. A little taste. And uh, you can hear me playing Shaggy. And doing a, I yeah, I'm just shaggy. That's all I'm gonna say <laughs> about it. Because I know, because I can only imagine a certain diehard Scooby Doo fan on this panel is going to give me a whole bunch of shit about it when I see him tonight. It was really weird. You decided to make him British. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, that's a joke. I haven't listened to it. But yeah, go ahead and check that out. Of course, like this video, subscribe to the Fake Nerd Podcast. All three of us are a part of the Fake Nerd Podcast. We go live now every other Sunday, but we have a whole bunch of other stuff on this channel. We have animation stations. We have Fake Nerds watches. We have Fake Nerd book clubs. We have the regular shows, because right now, at the time of this recording, the, the actor strike is still going on, so we're not doing a whole bunch of movie reviews. But that doesn't mean we're not going to stop talking about stuff that we love because comics aren't striking. Video games are definitely not striking. This is, uh, this is definitely our highest output of like basement arcade content in between. Oh, yeah. Uh, pause menu quarterly. Like we're, we're really back in it, baby. I'm really hoping that we can keep going because like obviously Spooktober motivates us. And this was a oh, great yeah. Spooktober season. I agree. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, really, I really through all dead space. Yes. I got to play through all Dead Space, and also, spoiler alert, that's going to be in my top 15. Yeah! It's a good game! Yeah! Ben Magnet yep. Horror Master! Hell yeah. I love it. Dead Space. <sighs> it, was, it was so much fun. Check it was it out. fun. I, I had so, yeah, definitely check out me playing Dead Space. But uh, until the next quarter, guys, unpause.